This is Yep, I Did That with Amanda and Jonna. Jonna. I'm Amanda. And this is Yep, I Did That. The podcast. That talks about health and wellness stuff that you'll find floating around the internet that you can or might not try. Yeah. We try it so you don't have to. Exactly. Amanda We're, is a registered dietitian with all sorts of science. And she basically tells me, Jonna, who tries most everything, why it's crazy or why it has merit. Exactly. We're here to save you and Jonna's body, liver, skin, hair. From any damage that could possibly happen. <laughs> I love that liver thrown in there today, especially. It's <laughs> specifically thrown in today. Yes. Um, well. Because there's a TB update. <laughs> um, yeah, TB update. So I'm on the antibiotics. Yes. Was I on it last time? I Not think yet. you were, were about to be. No, you had just started. I it. feel like my eyes are already getting weird. So um, I looked up like the side effects of one of them. And one of them just makes my pee like the color of rust. Yes, you did talk about that on your our live. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. Yes. I did. So then I like looked at later like side effects and just the first like little blurb that pops up says can cause tears, stool, spit, so urine, just- everything to turn red. I was like, oh. I'm so glad I was at like a ladies weekend um, this weekend and I was, and everybody always cries at those. You know yes. what I mean? Like there's always like a heart to heart and I usually don't. I'm like, I'm like that with like how you are with laughing with tears. Yes. Um, and I texted my friend and I was like, I'm so glad I didn't cry this weekend or I would have scared everyone so bad. Cause your eyes just would have been like bleeding. Happy Halloween. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's my TV update. I actually kind of want you to cry. <laughs> Mainly because I would like to see if know, it turns red. I'll just red. try to slow motion it. Like, so just it's just do, like a slow-mo video of a red, sad tear just, falling down my face. And you don't have to think about something sad. Even just like laughing. Like we'll do something really dumb later. And if you will just laugh really hard, then we'll see if tears come out. I feel like you've probably seen tears come out of my eyes like three times in my life total. It's true. And most of them have been sad. And really, really, really sad. sad. I don't think I've cried um, laughing. Maybe uh, once. False. We can't talk about it right now oh, as yeah. to why you were left <laughs> crying, but it happened. <sighs> so any updates with you? Uh, yeah. So um, as our Instagram followers know, I um, I think that I've actually been struggling with anxiety for a lot longer than I realized. Mm-hmm. Um, and just recently it's gotten a lot worse and I have felt like my chest has been tight and there hasn't been a release. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think for the most time, most of the time I always was just like mind over matter. Like I'm fine, whatever. Like even in the like mental health episodes, I was like, yeah, I mean like before I like talk or I do something, I feel it. And I don't think I was ever recognizing that I actually was feeling that like consistently, consistently um, until recently. And so I ordered some CBD oil. Yes, I did see that. Yeah. Um, and so I have been taking it just because I needed, like, obviously I didn't want to do anything else. And, uh, do you notice uh, the difference? I actually did. Like, so whenever I took it, um, I did a full dose. I got the Lord Jones Uh CBD oil and like one full dropper is 10 milligrams of CBD. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
after it felt like there was just a release. And so, like, I still felt anxious, mm-hmm. but I could breathe and my chest didn't feel tight. That's good. Did and you so, pick that brand because of the branding? Obviously. My <laughs> whole life is branding. I looked at the branding and I was like, hmm. I love it. <laughs> That's why I choose everything. I am a brand whore. You are. Did you... uh Look at the reviews. Are they good? Yeah, they're good. And I think I actually knew about that because I have an unhealthy obsession with Dak Shepard and Kristen Bell. And that's the one they use. And that's the one that Kristen Bell uses. Okay. And so I think that that's how, like, I figured out about it. And then it did have actually, like, really good reviews alongside it. And obviously it has the other ones where it's like, it didn't work for me. But it worked for other people. So I was like, I might as well try it. And I got some for Kyle, too. Because, update, he is no longer on his medicine. Completely off. Mm -hmm. Full wean. Yep. Well, he started weaning himself a while ago. Right. And then he is now done. How's he doing? He's doing good. Yay. Yeah, he's doing good. And so we're on a mission together. mission together. Good for you. Yeah. Um, I also saged my house um, the other day. <laughs> I also uh, I was thinking about this. I was like, I feel like this podcast is actually making me become more of the like crazy trying of everything yeah look at you and so i was like i'm coming in hot today i'm saging my house or smudging as you call it i've Um, never done it so i wouldn't know what you call it it's called smudging all right i don't know if i did it properly (laughs) i um, (laughs) i uh my boss stacy gave it to me um and i was just like she's like i know you don't believe in it (laughs) <laughs> but it's like, it's something that I really do and we grow it and it's like, I dried it myself and like wrapped it Aww. for you. And so it was like, I think that's the more like important part to me that it was yeah. like, it's sentimental. Like someone grew it for me, like did this for me. And so it was like, even if I don't think anything's happening, right? I liked it and I liked the ritual aspect of it. Yeah. I'm a ritual person. I've discovered like if someone October's tells me really bringing out the rituals <laughs> in you, bringing out the rituals, <laughs> watch out guys, watch out. Um, but yeah, so, um, other than that, um, I think that's all the news. Kyle's going back to Australia and that's about it. That's exciting. Yeah. But he'll be back on Sunday. So it's really not that like crazy. When we were just talking about rituals, I was like, October rituals charmed. I haven't watched the reboot yet. Have you? I didn't watch the original. Oh, I only watched a few because I wasn't allowed to do things like that growing up. Because <laughs> that was of Satan. But I actually really want to watch the reboot and see how it is. So <laughs> we'll see. Um, sorry, I'm letting Elle, Kyle know that Ellis has clean jammies in the dryer. All right. Because I'm a mom, too, while I'm doing this. And while Amanda's doing that, we have a super exciting episode coming up today. Yes, we do. Every once in a while, we kind of veer a little bit from our regular topics Mm -hmm. and have a guest on somebody that we think would be empowering Mm -hmm. or interesting to our listener base. Yes. And this guest is sure to be both of those things to all of you because she is that to me just by following her on Instagram regularly. (laughs) And she is that to me every time I speak to her and we have coffee, I leave like the most motivated I've ever been in my whole life with like a new perspective. Just FYI, I will like, as we go through this, I'm probably going to like dote on you for a bit and it may make you feel uncomfortable, but just understand that it's who you are and you're amazing and you're awesome. (laughs) Do you want to intro her and then I'll say what she does right now? Okay, so we have our (laughs) beautiful human being named Ziza Bauer in the studio with us. Um, I got to the luxury of meeting her like 
two, three, f- almost four years ago, right? Wow. wow. Yeah, because um, so Ziza worked at a publication called Darling Magazine, if you guys have heard of it. Um, and I was trying to be a writer <laughs> on it. And I got introduced to Ziza and she was such a wonderful, loving, giving spirit that allowed me to be entertain the idea of writing on the um, blog or the website for her. And um, she has had so many other things that John is going to talk about past that. But as a human, <laughs> I've gotten to know her as a real person. And funny side note, I showed Ziza whenever we hung out the last time. Uh, if you follow her on Instagram, there's a picture and it's like her and her husband. And I literally thought it was Kyle for like 2.5 <laughs> seconds. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. Like he had his like ponytail at the time, like the low uh-huh. bun and he had his glasses on and like Ziza, obviously so cute, but they're like much different heights than me and Kyle. But yeah. at first I was like, is that Kyle? I could see it like <laughs> a quick glance that you yeah, would think that. And just it was profile. Ah, uh, yes. Profile. I totally see that. Um, but you can say hi now. You don't hi. have to be like quiet. <laughs> I'm trying to get used to, I'm trying to get used to how close to speak. We into can this move it thing. if you are uncomfortable. Yeah. No, I'm not uncomfortable. You be as comfortable as you want. And a, Aaron can work his magic of making you louder. Yeah. Great. <laughs> and because I took the time to write this down, let's say that currently Ziza just wrapped being a guest editor for Life in Time, which is an online magazine. It's beautiful. I looked at it today. We're so proud of you. Amazing. So go check that out. And she is currently the brand director at Milaner, which is an Italian. Which that's going to come up so much in this conversation. (laughs) Italy. Italy. Just be be prepared, guys, that this is going to be a very European focused episode. (laughs) There's no way around it. No way around it with this guest. Um, But welcome to the podcast. Is this Such your kind word. first podcast? Feel very honored. Um, it's actually not oh, yes. my first podcast, so but it's the first not on a phone. Ah. So to be in a room like this feels very established and professional. Well, not thanks. that the other ones weren't either. I love them, but thanks. this is like with a Will mic. You try. And- <laughs> Good job. <laughs> really hard. <laughs> the string lights, the aesthetic, the line, the candle. I mean, it's very cozy. So Thank I'm, you. Uh, I'm liking it. Yay. Well, we're so happy to have you. I. I'm very, very honored that you decided to come on because I think that you are one of the coolest and special people that I get to have in my life. Well, thank you. I walked, like, Ziza and I had coffee, like, uh, two months ago, three months ago. Who knows? And I, like, left and I was like, I, yes, like, I've never felt just so on the same page as someone about, like, how social media is going in this world and how we are, like coming together to be better and putting out good content. And so I'm so excited for you guys to hear all about that and yeah. her perspective because it just shapes how we can like be focused a little bit more moving forward as consumers and as people trying to produce content. Wow. Um, but first, we just want to know a little bit more about you and let our listeners know who you are. So where are you from and tell us about how you got into writing where you were before you were decided to go into editing and writing I mean it feels all that thank you gosh that like (laughs) not to gloss over that as if I hear that all the time but that is very kind and I'm very grateful I hope I live up to that expectation um I mean I I my story 
Where to start? Really? I think um, I grew up, I was born in San Francisco. Um, always love it and claim it, but I was pretty much raised in Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. So I have like Midwest roots, but growing up in the Midwest, but being born in California, I always claim that as yeah. like, oh, I'm cool. I'm different. Someone unique. <laughs> um And I mean, both my parents are artists, so I grew up very creative minded, acting, dancing, not singing. It's not a triple threat. Um, (laughs) But I always thought I'd go into something creative and then somewhere along the way decided, no, I'm not lucky enough or fortunate Mm -hmm. enough. And also, like, I don't feel like growing up 90s ish, like being a creative was an adjective. It wasn't a job. So yeah. Um, somewhere along the way, I decided, no, I have to do something actually productive and I love like working hard. And so I thought I'd go into medicine cause that feels sure. Mm-hmm. Just go be a doctor. Anyone can do that. Um, <laughs> and then I definitely thought that too. <laughs> Don't worry. Just made all sense. And to be, to be totally honest, the, when I decided I wanted to go into medicine, um, I had been watching a lot of ER. There like, you go. In the summer. And George Clooney. And, and I'm like, I can do that. Like, that could, that could be my life. I was right with people. that reference, right? George Clooney, oh, yes. ER. Yes. yes. You are okay. very correct. Yes. <sighs> Got really um, anxious for a second there. <laughs> I hate when I'm that person <laughs> with the wrong reference and everyone's all, yeah. It's okay. We'll eventually correct it at some point <laughs> if it was wrong. <laughs> like 10 years from now yeah. when this is just immortalized. Okay, continue. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. And like... I mean, not to get on a sad note, but then 9-11 happened Mm -hmm. and there was something that I think just like, like many people, I'm sure. But I thought, what am I doing with my life? I need to do something that has meaning. And being a doctor seems to have a lot of meanings, check a lot of boxes. Mm -hmm. And so I decided from then on, I'm going to be a doctor, went to college, pre-med, did all the stuff and then moved. So then after college, I had a minor crisis in college where I thought maybe I don't want to be a doctor. I was spending probably the hardest study, study hours in the art and architecture library Mm -hmm. where there was like a faint smell of rubber cement all the time. Mm -hmm. And there were all these big, beautiful books. And I was there trying to learn like the big five physics equations, stuff that like, like, what is my life? Why can't I go build like a miniature house (laughs) over there? Um, and so had this like minor epiphany of like, oh, should I switch my major? And then I'm like, no, I'm a second, like end of my junior year. I'm not switching. So, um, but didn't do the traditional where like junior year you take the MCAT and you apply to school. And so I kind of wrote out my, um, my degree, graduated molecular bio and zoology degree. Um, which does little for me now, but it feels cool to say. Hey, I think it's amazing. (laughs) Um, and then got a job. So after college, I just started applying to a bunch of like, I'm like, Oh, it'd be cool to live in New York. It'd be cool to live here. And so Mm -hmm. I just applied for any science backed job that I could find. And UCLA had been my dream school when I was really little and thought, Oh, I'm going to be an actress. I'm going to go to UCLA Mm -hmm. and be a theater major and make it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I applied for a job at UCLA med school because then I just shifted like, Oh, I'll go there for med school. It's fine. And ended up getting this job in a lab through a phone call. And within like a week was like, all right, packing up my car, moving to L.A. (laughs) Here we go. Um, And so was in, did um, cardiovascular research while applying for med school. Then got into a med school back in Cincinnati. Um, Planned on going, accepted. But then at the last minute had one of those like crises again of like, Mm -hmm. wait, is this really what I want to do? I don't know. 
Um, that's a lot of schooling, a lot of debt. Um, so I put my admission on hold for a year. And then during that year, again, like wondering if that's really what I want to do. I started, I started dating my now husband during that time. And not that that I had, I didn't feel like I had to choose, but there's yeah. just certain, like, I felt like it was a, a reason I met my husband when I did. And also spending at that point, I think I had been in LA three years and being around people who were just going for it and yeah. chasing their dream and putting it all out there. And that kind of reawakened in me this thought of like, wait, I was, I was that person once too. Like Mm -hmm. I grew up watching all these old movies. My dad was a film professor. Like I was dancing and singing and doing all that stuff. Well, not the singing part, but um, (laughs) because you're not a triple threat, even though you are just not in dancing. Um, I could be a triple threat because I could be a writer. I was doing the writing. That's what I was behind. It's writing, dancing, and acting, acting, Acting. triple threat. Yeah. Quadruple threat. Directing. I was <gasps> recording scores. I was doing it all. My little... Look at you. you. See, <laughs> who needs singing? No one. Except for Jonna. She's really good. <laughs> the people that can do it well, keep doing <laughs> well, it. Well, thank you. You're welcome. There's like too many people doing it that shouldn't be, but yes. another conversation. Um, so long, long story short, I decided, okay, I'm not going to go to med school. I can always go back to med school later on. The world needs doctors. Yeah. I can work hard. I'll be a 50-year-old in school. It's fine. Um, and instead I'll just be in LA and see what else comes my way. And then like floundered, not floundered, but I think wrestled with like, okay, how do I find a job? How do I support myself? I wasn't fully in the freelance gig economy as like, this is what I should do. Yeah. Very scary. So I found a job through a friend. I was working at a printing company for a few years and then on the side, like writing, people found out I like to write and I didn't realize I was good at it, but I just started having these opportunities to do it more and more. And then through friends that I had and friends that I knew, I met Sarah, Mm -hmm. who was starting Darling and just started writing, contributing stuff for them, like on the side in my little computer and my sad like printing job in a windowless room that I hated. (laughs) But at the same time, I'm like, well, I have some spare time between purchase orders, so I'm going to work on some things. And then eventually um, quit that job, left. For a lot of reasons, but it was time. Mm-hmm. And then Darling needed a part-time editor, so they asked if I'd be interested. And then I went there, and then it just kept rolling. I don't know when, like, yeah. I mean, I've had a lot of people who've asked, like, how do you create your job? How do you get to be where you are? And I honestly, I'm like, I don't know. Like, yeah. ask someone else. I feel like this still feels like make believe. Like, I'm just kind of collecting hobbies along the way. And that's probably how you do it. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, I honestly feel like that's most people's stories, where it's like. I just like this side thing that I was doing that I didn't even know I wanted to do became yeah, my life and it became what I found I was good at and what I was designed to do essentially. Do you feel like um, whenever you got brought on at Darling, were you already going to be like the online? Were you always just like online? And then did you feel like with your background, did you kind of have a natural inclination going into like food or health, that sort of thing? Or were you kind of like more geared towards just everything? I mean, it was, it's funny. One, anything online, it's crazy, but it happens at such a rapid mm-hmm. pace. Even now, thinking about how much it's changed, even just in the last year or two, and then thinking like, oh, whoa, back in 2013. Like blogging wasn't a thing, really. Yeah. I mean, it was, but it was still like a word people made fun of, like, oh, you're a blogger. You have yes. a blog. 
Um, but so I was originally brought on and to backtrack a little bit right when I got married for fun, I started a blog called life as a wife. That was terrible. That That was super funny because it's just not you at all from what I know. It it was, it was so counter to like your quote unquote brand of who you are. It was just like, it was me like, here's making recipes for my (laughs) carnivore husband and I'm a vegetarian. Like, Anyway, it just, I mean, it was cute, um, but I but somehow like people would read them. And this was like back when like I was really active on Facebook. Yeah. So I would post links. So people kind of knew that I had this blog blog um, <laughs> using air quotes here. But um, so orig- so with the darling bringing me on as their online editor, originally they're like, we just need someone to like manage our blogs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we just need someone who can make sure it's posting consistently. And yeah. through my like very limited blogging experience up until that point. Um, felt like, oh, okay. Like I've, I've been in this scene a little bit. I know how this works. Yeah. I know how to post and hit publish and make it look nice. And so, but at that point it was like, we just need, you know, blog content. It mm-hmm. wasn't like, how do you monetize this? How do you yeah. create revenue? How do you create subscribers and link and build an online branding presence? None of that was nearly as involved as it is today. So I think being on a small team and then, just having it be like, all right, Zeus is online. And then online, what that meant and what that looked like, then slowly evolved to that's where we first started running sponsored ad campaigns. Mm-hmm. So even then kind of felt like, okay, sure, I'll po- like press publish on this sponsored content. Yeah. <laughs> and then how does this, you know, integrate with the social media? Because even then it was like mm-hmm. social media, like, okay, we'll post some things on Instagram, not a big deal. So I think... Uh, to answer your question, I initially just came on to help kind of organize and manage. And then the more I got into it and as I was reading and editing what other people were writing and as I was writing more, I'm like, oh, I think I can be an editor now. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's what this is what I'm doing, even though I never studied (laughs) it. And then through that, um, just different opportunities that I had through Darling, like food and travel, well, travel in particular, I'd always loved. And even just my husband and I, we kind of made a, a yearly gold always go somewhere interesting or new together kind of take like one big vacation and then from that kind of evolved into oh like there are people that get paid to write about travel and that Mm -hmm. seems really interesting how do I do that um and even now I think I've sort of changed my perspective on again because the industry has changed so quickly Mm -hmm. because of the internet but just what does it mean to be a travel writer versus a writer who travels yeah Mm -hmm. which I'm trying to be more of in the ladder camp but yeah does that answer your question I don't know I mean I feel like through the way I kind of decided okay I like being a writer and editor but also I want to be writing so what do I like writing about and I think when it comes to the food aspect food is just such an easy entry point into a Mm -hmm. lot of diverse things it feels kind of like the last remaining link to where we all have an experience with it and we can all bring it and dissect it and understand it but leave with some mystery and beauty so yeah, I don't know. It's a big, big field. But Do you ever miss the science part? All the time. All the time. I feel like that's always been like my biggest conflict, which I know we've talked about where it's like always feeling like there's a pull to a creative part of you and then there's a pull to a science or like a analytical or a like type mm-hmm. A kind of personality And then it's like finding your balance of like who you are and you uh, like for me, I never feel like I'm giving one side enough. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if you feel this because I feel like you're totally just solid creative. Yep. I was like, no, nope. <laughs> like, I just time swim around in the creative <laughs> side all the time. Zero science. <laughs> um, math was really hard for her. Yeah. It, um, funny enough, math is hard for me too. Math? I think God did everyone a yeah. favor by the fact I don't have a scalpel in my hand. <laughs> because <laughs> even to this day, like I mix up my left and my right and math is so Do you have hard. to do else? Mm-hmm. And I always, when I'm driving, if I'm telling my husband where to go, I'm always like, just look where I point. Like if I say something, just don't listen to what I say. Because there's just like, <laughs> you would have been crossed. the surgeon that for sure was like marking totally. the leg. Be like, don't do yes, this not one. this one. <laughs> Yeah, I think, well, the biology was my jam. I yeah. loved biology, that that whole holistic side of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the other, like the inorganic, unorganic, inorganic. 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 See, I'm already forgetting. Inorganic, no. But you need it all. You need all yes. the parts. Dietrich is all about being a scientist when he grows up I right now. I love that. Which I will zero be able to help him with. <laughs> but I asked him today. So we've been doing like questions. He asks me to ask him questions, like interview questions every day, which I need to start actually just writing every single day what his answers are because they're so funny. But I asked him, why do you want to be a scientist? And he's all, because they create weird things. And I was like, that's actually true. It's actually very Continue accurate. Continue on this path, child. It's true. You can be the creator of a lot of weird things <laughs> as a scientist. Because <laughs> there's so many different facets of being a scientist. Well, I wouldn't be one to know that. But I had a mental <laughs> breakdown during my thesis that I thought all my plasma was ruined. Oh. And uh, my thesis advisor was like, Amanda, we're scientists. We can figure it out. And I was like, am I a scientist? <laughs> <laughs> but really... Am I a scientist? But really, am I? Um, I feel like I also am always posing in every aspect of mm-hmm. my life where it's like, I'm just doing this because I'm here and I'm going to be good at it because that's my nature. Mm-hmm. But am I really a scientist? <laughs> you are. Now I, now you I fully are. believe I am. But at that moment, I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Science um, is necessary. Science is necessary. Um, so obviously you love to travel. And then um, how did your interest be in like the food part? Because I feel like you right now have gotten into a lot of like food and like lots of doing that with writing. And then obviously like at Darling, you were editing a lot of everything, (laughs) obviously, (laughs) because online was everything. There was like the different aspects, but there was a lot of like food. Mm -hmm. And so was it like that that kind of got you like focused more or was it? What was it that like drove you to? I think, I mean, honestly, I think science paved the way for that, Mm -hmm. especially for medicine. I mean, I was always, I think the medical route for me was for the humanity aspect, like the connection aspect versus Mm -hmm. like, oh, I just really need to know why. Like I want to know why so then I can heal people and I can connect with people Mm -hmm. and I can give them knowledge in their scariest moments that will comfort them. Whereas, I mean, that's in a lot of ways why I delayed doing the research side so much Mm -hmm. because- like, I don't want to be in a lab, really. Like, I appreciate it, but, ooh, it's rough. Yeah. It's for, like, a certain type of person. Yes. And one that's cool not seeing sunlight for, yeah. like, a really long time. Um, And so I think for me, and nutrition and eating healthy, too, always kind of went in hand with medicine. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted to understand why this made mm-hmm. people better or worse or what was going on. And through, I guess, the years, somehow that sort of became entwined. Also, I had a lot of skin issues growing up as most teens do. But I think even that prompted me to understand and just have a little more um, just curiosity about 
how does this face wash affect me? What's the natural route? Um, if I do go natural, you know, I was ra- I wasn't raised to be vegetarian, but we didn't eat a lot of meat in my household. Mm-hmm. So even from an early age, I kind of noticed, oh, the way I eat is different from uh-huh. other people. Um, probably like San Francisco parents in the Midwest, <laughs> yes. you know, like in a creative world. Yeah. And like <laughs> So I think the health side, I got used to people saying like, oh, there's these in her weird food or, you know, and I'm eating granola. You know, it's not yeah. crunchy that way. But um, so I think for, and so the food element and the health element and then writing, I think it kind of feels like that's the most sciencey thing that I do. Mm-hmm. And I've also learned like it doesn't help anybody if I just try and write about anything. So I'd at least want to write about things I feel like I know maybe not better than someone else, but that just interests Mm -hmm. me more so that I actually want to go deeper in one subject instead of, I think maybe because I was at Darling and I was editing a lot and you started to see a lot of people who said they could write about everything and Mm -hmm. I'm a lifestyle and I do this and do this and do this, but they were like 17 years old, you know, and like, like give yourself some time to figure out what you really want to research or write about Mm -hmm. and then have weight to that, have kind of some knowledge behind that. And so I think science and food evolved into and then even into travel because even just to write mm-hmm. about travel is really kind of terrible now like mm-hmm. you're seeing the effects of that on like yeah um you know countries where it's just massively tourist driven mm-hmm. and um a lot of like cool travel lives are just sponsored ad campaigns so they're not really I don't know like contributing to like the type of travel that I like reading about which is mm-hmm. someone's voice that's in a place and having an experience that you can connect with and so even just for me in my head thinking, oh, someday I want to be a travel writer. Even that started to feel a little empty. But then mm-hmm. food, I don't know, just when someone, I think too, also being online so much, there's like a, well, real element to preparing and growing and serving food and having it with people that feels like pretty rebellious in yeah. our culture that just says, no, consume quick, like get it down mm-hmm. and keep going productivity and um any element, if you peel back the story far enough, food has some sort of anchor point to a different way of life or a past way of life or just something that feels real. I guess that's kind of my my MO these days. It's like, what is real? What matters? Yeah. And food, you need to live. Yeah. I mean, you need to eat to live. Food brings people together, food and culture. And so, and I think at the time, because when I was at Darling for so long, the thought of branching out into a freelance career I'm like, I, I mean, I really do like Darling. Like, yeah, this is yeah. kind of the jam as far as I don't want to go write for some other really reductionist women's magazine yeah. that's just trying to make women feel bad about themselves. And so as far as checking those boxes of, like, writing things that felt purposeful and that I was free to speak to women on this deeper level, at the time, like, Darling was it for me. Yeah. But then because I wanted to sort of flex my muscles, like, food and travel felt like, Oh, at least the food aspect. Like, Darling never tried to say, hey, we do everything well. We yeah, want right. to give people a platform to speak about what they know well, but we aren't saying, hey, we're the authority on X, Y, and Z. So to find a publication, especially like Life and Time, that felt like, okay, this they're like going in a niche. They're going in one direction. Mm-hmm. Let's try that out. Like, I like and this. I've since liked it. And it works out well that my husband is also an alcohol and distills stuff and makes stuff. So together we can nerd out about I love that how things are made I love and, that too yeah so which you just did like an entire like little LA tour of was it whiskey 
or scotch? <laughs> oh, cognac. Cognac. That's what it was. Ooh. Guys, her Don't life is awesome. I follow it via Instagram a lot, and it's fantastic. Um, so I have, I, I'm sure Jonna has a lot of questions too, but um, whenever you were at Darling, um, for people who are trying to like write or contribute, what were things that actually made you want to like, because I'm sure you got a ton of ideas or pitches or Things like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, what actually stands out to you, and what would be something that you're like, I want to like actually pursue this person writing, or mm-hmm. as yeah. an editor, what's good? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, I feel like that's a very open. That's a very open ended question. How but about like can... what's something like what's a way that somebody could be like stand out from the crowd or like what's like your first advice that you would give somebody who's wanting to go into writing um when they're getting ready to submit i hmm. yeah i mean honestly i would say if you like do you really have something to say yeah Mm -hmm. that's i think that's an easy way to go about it because i i feel like there are a lot of people especially now where you feel like what you do and what's on your Instagram bio and who like how you talk about what you do to other people is so important, but Mm -hmm. people kind of forget that there needs to be something behind that. Like you you should know what you're talking about. You should take time. And I I think again, going back to the science side of me, I think starting my professional career in an industry like medicine where Mm -hmm. the youngins don't do anything, like you are not trusted to do anything until you have, learned it, done it, been shadowed a million times. Like you, you don't step into the arena and Mm -hmm. win the gold medal. Like you have to earn that. And Mm -hmm. so I think I've carried that into the writing and editing digital media sphere thinking like, okay, who am I? Like, what am I speaking on? And do I actually Mm -hmm. have credibility on that? And, or am I just looking for the cool byline? Am I just looking to like amass some things Mm -hmm. and feel cool about myself, but I'm not really contributing. And so at least for darling, when someone, one, I felt you can kind of tell right away if someone's just looking for the yeah. the plug and the outlet yeah. or if someone, you know, reads your publication, knows the tone of voice, mm-hmm. knows what you regularly produce, and then is able to say, and here's how my X, Y, or Z can add to what you're already mm-hmm. doing. Yeah. So I think that's where I would say, like, oh, okay, like this person is actually done their homework and realized, okay, we've written on vulnerability or, yeah. you know, authentic relationships or stress a dozen times, but here's a new take or here's something fresh or insightful. And I found a lot of writers um, would kind of forget that, oh, someone's going to be on the other side of the screen reading this. Mm-hmm. And so especially in a digital format, being able to understand what's going to be the takeaway, what's going to be the lead in, what's going to mm-hmm. make someone want to click on that and then actually feel like they left satisfied or like, Mm -hmm. oh, that was an interesting nugget of information or worth reading. Um, I think especially today is really important. And I think we're going to start to see a lot just because there's so much noise and outlets and craziness that it, it, it is going to be the voices that have maybe taken a few steps back right now to really figure out, okay, I do want to specialize in this. So I'm going to go take some courses. I'm going to, you know, actually bolster myself before I start putting myself out there. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it, I think any creative mm. career is much, has much more longevity and actually makes more of a impact usually 
when that is the case, when you have something that you are passionate about, that's your voice that you can like give. Yeah. If that makes sense. Totally. And it's hard. I mean, especially now to pay for any type of content Mm -hmm. is very hard. So to just be a freelance writer and be able to afford rent in a city like LA is probably impossible because Mm -hmm. it's just, you're not paid. You're not paid anymore for like 80 cents a word or whatever, you know, whatever, like Carrie Bradshaw's make it made, Mm -hmm. it made it look like it was, um, it might've been that then, right? It might've been that then, but now (laughs) again, not to hate on the internet or social media or blogging, but it's kind of created. Yeah. It's like what iTunes Mm, originally did to music music and now Spotify. Yeah. And mm-hmm. sorry to call you all out, but, <laughs> but, I mean, but as a artist, like you have a voice to like have opinions about that right. because it's affecting you. Right. Like you get a penny a play exactly. or something stupid like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's a lot of pressure. If that's, if that's what you really want to do, then give it space to breathe mm-hmm. without yeah. having it. And be needing. prepared to do the dirty work. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and that may be not getting published for a while. That may mean you write for yourself and a few close friends for a while because you value your craft and your voice enough to mm-hmm. not just start farming it out. Right. I think that that's the like lesson that so many people uh, like forget and like need to hear where it's like, hey, you don't have to be the gold medalist to start. It's mm-hmm. like you start at the bottom and work your way up. Like not everyone just automatically gets... Like (laughs) this is so dumb. Discovered on YouTube by Usher. Yeah, you know, (laughs) like not everyone is Justin Bieber. It's true. (laughs) Yeah, some of us are. Who's someone who's taken a really long time and like had to work really hard? Um, like any band (laughs) probably had to like work very hard and then finally got discovered. I don't know. Um, but well, Uh, you know, my opinion is if you care about something like your voice matters yeah uh and like you were saying this day and age it feels like everyone's voice has kind of been taken from them because Mm -hmm. everybody's trying to have the same voice yeah yeah because there's this one ideal voice in everything music any type of art writing any of it and if you're just being that same voice then you're just lost in that sea of voices versus actually just learning who you are and having your own voice totally which Leads you into my well. next question. Thank <laughs> you. Um, so how do you feel the blogs, websites, et cetera, influence health, positive or negative? Because for me as a dietitian, mm. I feel like it's a lot of the same things. Or I feel like um, people who write have a very big influence or like people mm. on Instagram or people whatever, like on other people's health. And so how, what are your perspectives as a person who does write about food and then also has edited a ton of people who write about food and have seen maybe like the influence that it actually has on how people receive yeah. the information and then like take it out into the world? Because obviously that's our, the whole reason why this podcast exists yeah. <laughs> is because of what's out there in the world. And so as someone who's helping to contribute and edit, like how do you, what are your feelings on it and how do you feel like it's influencing? I mean, it definitely, us. I think it absolutely influences. Yeah. I think it can go both ways because obviously you need to have access to information to be able to research and figure out what's the, what's the point of view that maybe I didn't know about before yeah. or to even read someone's personal experience with whatever 
thing, but tears of color, whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, to be able to figure that out Red is tears um, of tuberculosis. I, I hope that the, you do experience it and then you do write. Like somewhere. We'll absolutely have to just take a picture. No, you're going to write an article about your experience with it, or you're going to write a song called (laughs) Tears of Red. Red. I've never even heard of that as a side effect, as a side note. Me either. Very intriguing. It's upsetting. Are you, do you feel scared to be in the room with her knowing that she has latent tuberculosis? Oh, by the way, she has latent tuberculosis. Did you know? I mean, it's not I contagious. love hospital. That's like, the, <laughs> That's I like, like it is, she is the perfect guest for this, though, <laughs> where like she did, she did have to learn a ton about like tuberculosis, not tuberculosis, but like Test. the body and like do those I've things. I've had many yeah. TB tests in my day. She travels a lot. Yeah. So it's interesting. I'll, did you have TB? No. You also could have latent TB. She just went to Vietnam. Was, like, how old were you? I was 12. 12. Interesting. Vietnam and Cambodia is only unless it was mm-hmm. in LA. Never know. We don't. The doctor oh. was like, how? I mean, I would love, I actually just sent away for like a genetic test. Cause I, and that kind of stuff. It's like, I'm both sides. I'm the hippie mm-hmm. and the scientist. So yes. I, I want it all. Um, but what was the question? <laughs> just about how like, <laughs> oh, right. We could just to yeah. this conversation yeah. could go very um, long. Yes. I mean, well, I think too, I may become to it biased because I'm never the person who will believe what she's told right away. Like I'm always like, okay, but who, where, how, what's influencing this? Yeah. So I feel like for me to read something online is great because I'm not going to take that and think, oh, because just run this with is, it. Yeah. Um, but I'm realizing I'm old than most people <laughs> in the world who are online and that's not a common like yeah. what I think is common knowledge isn't anymore I mean yeah. I, I think I was in high school and college and internet sources were still a no-no like you can't use an internet mm-hmm. source you need to have something from a book that someone yes. studied and published mm-hmm. so I still give the internet's credibility a low ranking unless it's like this is you know a, a journal or an um, expert yeah, like this yeah. is an abstract from something that was published and you can access that online. But I don't think there's a lot that people know to do that. Yeah. Um, and so at Darling, I would at least look, because my time was so limited and I was trying to do so much, like who is the source first? Mm-hmm. Like who's the author? Are they writing, you know, to say, like to help them kind of tease apart, okay, is this your personal experience that you're trying to use as a qualifier for yeah. why something is true? Or are you actually, you know, do you have letters behind your name? Have you studied what you've done? Do you, yeah. can you look at what you're presenting and know that you maybe are giving a piece of it, but it's not totally prescriptive? Mm-hmm. Um, and so if it was, I think being able to understand the source helps you better craft the story as far as if someone wanted to write, like, for example, their um, experience with endometriosis or something mm-hmm. that isn't very talked about. That absolutely, like, this is something we should bring to light. We should let people know they're not alone if they hear someone struggle with something. But being able to frame that as, okay, this is um, a personal experience, but this may look different for everybody. So yeah. talk with your doctor. And I think even just those um, cautionary notes from a legal perspective that we would put on things like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. yes, changing anything, ask someone who knows something. Yeah. Um, this hasn't been approved by the FDA. Yeah. <laughs> we say that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, any disease. Exactly. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, I think if more people really did due diligence yeah. with questioning, okay, maybe, you know, this awesome, cool, trendy website is saying this thing. But before I adopt it into my life, I'm going to 
do some more research about it. So yeah, I mean, it's in the the power of the user to determine its worth. But I think, I mean, I think it takes someone again, why are you telling what you're telling and being able to know, okay, if you maybe just solely have personal experience with it, that's not necessarily going to invalidate the worthwhileness of your story, but maybe how you come across when you tell that to other people, because it's not the same. And at Darling too, I mean, the number of times that I would have to go through my head, is this going to offend anyone? Are we going to, you know, are we leaving someone someone. out? Is this going to trigger someone? Is this going to, you know, which is good too, but I feel like there's just so much now that um, it can be scary to hit publish on anything. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's very true. I mean, we feel like that sometimes, but then sometimes we just leave it all in. (laughs) (laughs) We're just like... (laughs) It's impossible. I mean, it is. It's impossible to be everything to everyone all the time. But I do feel like as um, someone who is is in the like medical profession somewhat that I appreciate having someone like you in an editor position where it's like always kind of like taking care of what people are reading. And I think that that's just like the whole purpose of like us being here is just to make sure you guys aren't just trying everything <laughs> that's that on the internet writing on the internet <laughs> um because that's the whole point and that's why i love you and like what you do so much because i feel like you mm. were i always did not i was not scared of what was on online on darling for sure or any piece that you've ever written about food or health or wellness because you have a healthy like perspective of getting like sound information and so just well, nice. yeah I steward that well. <laughs> <laughs> do justice to that yes and one of my favorite articles that you wrote that we have like talked a little bit about but I don't think you and I actually know a ton about it is like Ayurveda Ayurvedic practices oh, mm. oh man we've talked like we've talked about like little bits here and there of just like things that have been in Ayurvedic practice that we say that you could try, but we don't, we've never actually discussed like what's, what is this? What is this? Oh man. I mean, I will be the first to say, don't ask me because it's such a, yeah, like it's the study of life is what, where the, the root word comes from. And so I first came across it. I think again, because everything in my life has always felt more or less like integrated with everything else. Like Mm -hmm. it wasn't really delineated again, probably having artistic parents that like figure this out, ask questions, figure it out yourself. Um, in a good way. Love you, mom. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) cause she'll probably listen to this, but, um, but then, and then I think, you know, going through medicine and going through science and especially with eating stuff, I mean, I would be like, I'm a pescatarian, I'm a vegan, I'm a vegetarian, but I'll eat, you know, things that don't have a conscience, like whatever it is, like I'll eat raw, I'll eat all the things. Let me know what you classified as what has a conscience and what doesn't. Like cheese? Like, um, well, I think in my head, I'm like, okay, a goldfish doesn't know what's happening, but a pig does. So okay. Like, I'll keep so the you pigs would... over alive and then a fish is okay. But... So I'll eat a goldfish. <laughs> I'll eat a goldfish. <laughs> but so you would eat a salmon. The, the, was that lumped into a non-conscious? Fish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So basically a pescatarian. Yeah. You just, you labeled it fancy and I like it. Yeah. I would go, <laughs> yeah, I would, I would do all sorts of things. Um, and then still feel like, okay, well, I would hear from someone else saying like, oh yeah, I cut out all carbs and all whatever. And yeah. then I was perfect. And so I'm like, okay, I should try that. Um, 
But then somehow I forget how I came across it. I think it may have been, I like maybe saw it in Whole Foods on face wash or something. And it was like Ayurvedic principles. And I just lumped it into like some other natural thing. Yeah. And then I, I think also too, because anything that was totally prescriptive like that, still coming from an allopathic, like medical background, I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, it's probably a little woo woo too much for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but then I, when was this? I went to, um, through Darling, like got like a press invite to this Ayurvedic practitioner in the Palisades that I literally think Gwyneth Paltrow probably goes. So it's like up there in that. Mm-hmm. She's my favorite she, person. Um, level. So I'm like, okay, I'll go check it out. And I pull up to a house in the Palisades already. I'm like, what is this? this is what a am I doing? This is fall. What's happening? Um, but then I go in and the woman, the protection, protection, pro, pro, practitioner, <laughs> practitioner, uh-uh. um, that I met with, she like sat down, didn't have any like tools or anything. She like looked at my tongue and then she took my pulse and knew Did things. you have a stressed out tongue? This happened to she, me. She like immediately <laughs> told me, she's like, oh, you have digestion issues and this, this and this. And oh, this happens to you this time of the month. And no. And I was like, what? what? How what? did you just like jump into things. me? Um, and so that made me think like, okay, I'm, a, I'm, my skepticism is usually very high, but for someone to know, like very, she's like, you get migraines, don't you? Like, how did you know that about me? Um, and so I talked with her and she explained to me my dosha and what was good for my disposition and whatnot. And then gave me this massage, like she like custom blended oils for me and dripped them on my third eye. Like it was a <laughs> whole thing. Yes. Um, had my first enema that I had never had before. Um, but anyway, so after this, this whole sounds process. sounds like Jonna's dream day. I yeah. mean, this, it changed me in such a way that, not changed me then, but it just left such a mark on mm-hmm. me that I'm like, okay, hold on. This doesn't feel like you're prescribing something to yeah. me. But you, based on my body and how my body works and the things that I'm prone to, this is how I should adopt a diet. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of stuck with me for a little bit. I carried around her notes of like what to eat and what not to eat for a long time. And then through Life and Time actually was assigned this article about Ayurveda yet again. And I interviewed this guy who broke it down. And then I, I started doing yoga in between yeah. meeting this woman. And yoga was always like my workout. I'll mm-hmm. do that in the morning and stretch. Um, But then through the conversation I had with this Ayurvedic practitioner, he broke it down for me in a way that just made, again, like it didn't mystify it or try and add all this stuff on Mm -hmm. because Ayurveda can get very, very complicated. But at the essence of it, it's just about coming back into balance Mm -hmm. with nature. And this Mm -hmm. is where the science part perked up in me where I was like, okay, yeah, like as beings, we aren't we're not aliens. We're not robots. We are made from the same things that you find on a tree, on a ground, you know, like the elements of the earth are in our physical bodies. And so it makes sense. Like as we're energetic creatures and we have, you know, radiation, electromagnetic waves, like being produced by our body and being absorbed by our body, how we exist in the world, we should be in rhythm with like the sun. And there are certain types of day when our stomachs can digest things more. And so through this conversation with him, I again was like, okay, I'm at a time in my life when this feels right for me. I mm-hmm. tried all yeah. the things, tried to just say whatever label was cool, but nothing really felt like, because for one, I love grains. I feel like I'm just blessed with the constitution that 
I can have pasta and yeah. I don't hate life. So I'm going to eat the freaking pasta. Yeah. That's Instead of the world too. saying like, no carbs, no be gluten-free. Yes. Not that gluten-free isn't also a thing. But I'm like, I think I can eat carbs and maybe even some starches and be okay. Thanks to my like hearty peasant heritage. <laughs> um, so <That> Midwestern root. <laughs> gotta love it. Um, but yeah. And so ever since then, the more I study about Ayurveda and incorporate little principles like, you know, trying to get up before the sun, I've noticed there's a certain time of day. If I wake up before my alarm, I have a ton of energy, like right around like 445, between four, let's say 430 and 530. If I naturally wake a. up. A.M. A.M. <laughs> If I naturally just like my eyes like flit awake, Uh I'll like have a ton of energy right now. But then I'm like, no, I don't have to get up for another hour. So I'm going to force myself to go back to sleep. And then I'll wake up and feel so groggy. Mm -hmm. And so there's different parts of the day where there are different energies based on where the sun is. And so based on your constitution, it could actually be better to get up at that time. Just like it's better to go to bed, you know, closer earlier in the day and get more sleep. So just little things like that. Um, brushing my tongue in the morning to help like stimulate your digestion because, and it just oddly makes so much sense. Like your tongue is like the inside on the outside of your body. Like that's the direct connection to your inside. So as mm-hmm. you sleep and mm-hmm. your body's detoxifying, brushing your tongue stimulates your, your agony, your digestive fire. Cause it's all connected. Also Ayurveda is big on digestion, like what your body needs to eliminate and what your body needs to hold on to. So the more I study it, I'm like, that makes so much sense. That Now mm-hmm. I want to brush my tongue. Right? <laughs> oh, tongue brushing. That's what I tell people first off. Just start brushing your tongue in the morning uh-huh. with an actual scraper. Don't yeah. use your toothbrush. Um, I was like, I always brush my tongue at night, but I've never actually used a scraper. But in the morning, Probably it makes should. such a difference. I didn't think, I mean, it sounds gross, but like stuff will actually come off your tongue mm-hmm. and you realize, oh, while I'm sleeping as my body is getting rid of what it needs and what it doesn't need. The tongue, which I never knew this, but it's a depository for toxins. So before, the first thing when you get up, before you brush your teeth, before you drink water, you scrape your tongue and get rid of that. That helps like just make it easier on your body to eliminate and then stimulate your digestion so that when you finally do eat, your body is ready and willing to get those nutrients. So so it's just, I mean, that's like the tip of the iceberg about Ayurveda, but ultimately the ability of, of just becoming better in tune with nature, better in tune with what our bodies need. Um, I just feel like equips us as created beings, animal kingdom members on the planet. So I could go on and on, but I also am not an expert. Uh, I feel like both of us were silent the entire time (laughs) because we were like, tell us everything. I was um, like, tongue brushing episode yes. coming out. Oh my yes. gosh. Three months from now. Yeah. Um, no, because Jonna went to a naturopath. I don't know if you've listened to this episode, but um, it. she got told that her tongue was stressed. I, he's like, stick your tongue out. And he's all, you have a stressed out tongue. And then I was like, Whoa. <laughs> that's all I said. And then I was like, duh, I have a stressed out tongue. I'm coming here because I've had like four miscarriages yeah, and infertility. Like I'm really stressed like out. Like I have nothing to not be stressed yeah. out. I'm here because I'm stressed. But so I didn't really take it. I know. Well, I think there's like the same way. I don't know if this is related to Ayurveda, but how like the brain or like if you like feel someone's skull, I think there's like different ways you can feel certain things based on how the skull is mapped and the tongue. I know different organs and bodily uh-huh. systems are mapped on the tongue. So yeah. It's supposedly like, ha- I think it's crazy. like the tip is more red when you st- have like oh. stress hormones in your body or something. It's Let probably your tongue. 
It's I just was away. drinking red wine, so this is very. <laughs> um, very. Also, you have red liquid like expanding for or coming out of thinking, all your orifices. Well, she was talking so about brushing knows. tongues. I was like, I wonder if I brush my tongue if it'll be like rusty red because <laughs> of my sad. Is it going to be rusty red? Saliva? That comes That's the out? color. I will pee. Oh, it's one day and make you come disgusting. look at it. I will. But it's I'm just very, imagining very now scary. rusty red coming out of your is eye. Is that because it's iron or what is it, the compound? The drug is rifampin. Have you heard of oh, it? No. Or rifampin. Rifampin, I think. It's the color. So like, have you ever taken Cystex for a UTI at any point of your life? Or mm. a- Azo or Azo? Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. Like my pee looks like very, very, very concentrated version of that constantly. Got it. Mine was always bright orange on that, but it's like a dark, yeah. rusty, orangeish red. Yeah, it's mm. exciting. It's super huh. exciting and gross. Keeping me on my time. toes for three months. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, no, but I'm really excited. I think that I could get into the idea because it's now in a, a new ritual I can do. <laughs> oh my word! It's like brushing my tongue. <laughs> it is. I mean, the, so Ayurveda is big on rituals. There's I think the yeah. oh shoot. There's like a. A word for dinacharya, I want to say, which is the, like your dinacharya is like the routine. So Arabic is big on routines because the body is built on routines and its systems. And so the quicker you can adapt to even just putting one routine, whether it's morning or night into your life, the, the guy who I interviewed said that most people would come to him because like many people, they would feel overworked, stressed Mm -hmm. out, um, didn't know what was wrong with them, have a lot of digestive issues. And skin issues and anxiety. And he's like, even just putting one small routine in your life can change so much because, yeah. And so the teeth, the tongue brush. I love it. I feel like that's whenever we talked about it the most was the sleep episode. Yeah. Was how much routines mm -hmm. affect sleep. Yeah. And then like just getting your nighttime ritual Mm -hmm. to like get you into like sleeping and then like your cycles. Which makes sense when you're like sleep training a baby. I know. I was actually thinking about that where I was like, if for a baby, a root, you we always talk about how you need a routine. Like mm-hmm. it's not a schedule, and it doesn't need to be strict. It's just a routine, mm-hmm. like of what you do, and like that brings comfort. It lo- allows them to live a very calm life. <laughs> yeah, and let's just be clear: I have zero routines with my I son. Mean, he has he has a routine. His routine is, is no being routine. a twenty year old man <laughs> that's true <laughs> i didn't make him that though no that's just his the good lord gave me a 20 year old man <laughs> yeah where Baby he's form. like i'm cool staying up super late i'm gonna sleep until 11 a.m yeah. oh my gosh um i will get up <laughs> with my life yeah and so he has yep. a routine it's just different than another four-year-old <laughs> yeah. true and our that's bodies all. are smart our bodies yeah. want and crave Routine. Certain things. Yeah. And increasingly, are we living in a time where that almost feels like to work against us, whether it's in career or life, we're yeah. feeling like we have to be on all the time and yeah. we're going to be outdated and overlooked if we take time for ourselves. But mm-hmm. the, I mean, the physical body needs that. The earth needs that. You know, mm-hmm. the sun doesn't overwork. She goes other side of the planet, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I think especially in Los Angeles. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Where there's literally something to do 24 hours a day, yeah. seven days a week. You don't have, I don't know if that's the case. I'm sure that's hard anywhere, but it is especially hard in a city like LA totally. where there's always something. There's always something. And the person you. that's doing all the some things because there are people doing all the some things and they're just very not healthy, Yeah, but they're successful on yeah. the outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
or it's just all of Instagram showing you that you should be doing these some things. Yeah. Which is, again, it comes back to like, how are you using your voice? How are you allowing your creative thing? Whatever that is, everyone's creative in some way. Like, how are you giving that space and time to grow and mature the way it needs to, which may not be like the Justin Bieber's of the world. Right. Um, we which all doesn't really be work out that well for them. He's taking they a break right now, guys. He is taking some me time. He just got married. Yeah, guys. <sighs> He's living his life. He's living figuring his life, out. figuring Everyone it out. He shot up to stardom so fast. Yeah. Now he's just trying to take some steps back to where like us lowly <laughs> humans are. <laughs> We're talking about this like we know him. We don't know him at all. Just FYI. I have only seen Haley Baldwin once at church, and that was it. <laughs> That's the most You're connection I have. Best friends. We're practically BFF. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Lindsay Lohan's my girl. Oh, She's are you my... going to watch her new show? Is she have a new show? Yes. I learned about, about this the other night, too. Nightclub <gasps> in Mykonos. I will absolutely be watching okay, this. So the other night, they told me about this like club. I mean, I've seen her dancing. I know she was opening. I didn't know they're making a show about yeah. it. But I heard that, like, yeah, her nightclub, Mykonos. And I was like, where is it at? And I was like, <laughs> I stared at her for like a solid 10 seconds. And then I just started dying laughing. Because she knew I was serious. I, was I knew like, she was serious. Everyone else in the car was just like, haha, and just kept going and like didn't <laughs> say anything to her. And then I was like, Amanda, it's in Mykonos. What are uh, you talking about? I was about? like, I yeah. thought it was called Mykonos. <laughs> is, is, it in a LA? is it a Mykonos themed club? <laughs> Uh, it was awkward it was very awkward for but me but i enjoyed it i thought really dumb i got humbled pretty okay. quickly it's not I your need, thing i need that sometimes that's geography not what you do. is not my yeah. thing at all that has nothing to do with i food. literally teach in woodland hills and everyone always talks about westlake village and i've always thought it was north of woodland hills and it is by calabasas yep <laughs> <laughs> no idea where it is so geography is hard for me yeah I don't have to do my L's, but I don't know directions. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you know? Yep. It's fine. Whatever. Um, so Lindsay Lohan is your girl. She's my girl. I love that. I um, wish that in your travels, you started talking like her. That, Could you oh. go to Mykonos and like write an article about if her club only. one day? If, if I had money to pay you, I would do that for um, you. I can share this funny story. So when she had a leggings line. Uh-huh. I was carried at Nordstrom's a while back. It was called 624. Um, you one day, it was like, this was right after I moved to LA. And I saw in a Nordstrom, like, if you buy a pair of Lindsay Lohan leggings, you can meet Lindsay Lohan. What? <laughs> and I'm like, I am buying these <laughs> leggings. Mm-hmm. So I bought the leggings. And in my head, I'm like, she just needs a good friend in her life. And yeah. This is. And I'm going to be the one. This is yeah. a God-given moment for yeah. me to meet Lindsay Lohan and become her best friend. And I'm going to do it. So I waited in line. It was like in the, there was like a roped off section in the Nordstrom at the Grove. And there were all these people waiting in line. And I was like the second person in line. I love it so much. Um, and they had like set up this couch where like you can, everyone who got the ticket can come sit, sit on with the Lindsay couch. and chat with her. And this was, I'm pretty sure 2008. So she was like in the thick of some troubles. Yeah. And I remember it took a long time for her to come out of the dressing room. And then the front end people kept being like, okay, you know what? We're not going to do the couch anymore. We're just going to do like a quick little photo op. So like, here, we're going to put a bunch of you in a group together. And Lindsay's going to come out and just hop in these photos. And I was standing um, 
like in this group with like some sort of like foreign exchange students. Very, very excited. Everyone there was like massive Lindsay fan. And then that ended up not working out. And then finally they're like, okay, you know, she's just going to come out and shop. So just see if you can get close enough to her to get a picture. You know, like it was all changing so quickly. And then at the last minute she comes out and everyone's like clamoring to get near her. her. And in my spirit, I was like, you know what? What would a true best friend of Lindsay do in this moment? (laughs) She's not going to add to the crowd. She's going to leave. And so I turned around and left. (gasps) And so you never even got to tell her. This was me being your best friend, Lindsay. And you don't even know it. It's true. Someday, I feel like. Lindsay, if you're listening. Lindsay, you have a best friend here. Gladly be your friend. And not in it for the fame. I'm in it for you. You were already her best friend by not making her more (laughs) anxious. What specific thing about her makes you want to be her best friend? So, I mean, growing up. Parent Trap. Parent Trap. I was hoping that was going to be it. When Parent Trap came out. Especially that time in my life, I was like, I should have gotten that role. Yeah, I can do British accent (laughs) as well. Like, I should have been cast in that movie. And people would say growing up, too, because I was, I'm pale. I have reddish hair. And you have, like, little freckles. freckles. People would make comparisons. Like, you look like that girl from The Parent Trap. So she stuck with me, even when nobody remembered where she was. Like, she was making random Disney Channel movies, like, Get a Clue and... Thing. If anyone's mm-hmm. seen that movie, mm-hmm. please contact me because I love that movie. Um, <laughs> but she was just like, I always heard of her even when people had kind of forgotten about the yeah. parent trap. And then Freaky Friday came around. Mm-hmm. Mean Girls came around. Yes. Like everyone was like, who is this girl? I'm like, I know her. Like she, She's my best friend. She's my person. Um, and so it just like, it just like stuck with me. Like mm-hmm. I understand what you're going through. You are the fame story that I probably would have had had mm-hmm. I not had some other harebrained determination to be a doctor. So, do you see it as a um, <laughs> a protective measure that you decided to be a doctor rather Maybe. than going down? The <laughs> I feel Williams like I kind of saw. Oh, Girl, that, she I love spray tans. Yeah, I'm spray tanned, and girl loves a spray tan. So, <laughs> like that, I would be Lindsay. Like, yeah. I would probably be now doing yoga and opening a club in <laughs> Mykonos. In Mykonos. <laughs> Not called Mykonos. <laughs> Maybe called uh, it too. My uh, first CDs. So my best friend and I were like joined at the hip sisters growing up. And our first CDs were the Prince of Egypt soundtrack and <laughs> the Parent Trap soundtrack. Uh, and we had choreographed dances to every song on the Parent Trap album. I love that a lot. Soundtrack. Yeah. I love that a lot. Yeah. So Lindsay, you're out there. Now you have a friend. You have a friend you in have me. a friend. <laughs> Always. I love that so much because it's so not who I would expect you to be like, <laughs> I love Lindsay Lohan and I want to be her best I friend. I want to see her, you know, I want to see her get there. You want to see her succeed. Yeah. I, I love that about Maybe you. Maybe she just did. She She's did got with a her club. club. Maybe she's and found a show balance. Guys, think about it. She is living the triple threat life. She's got a club where she's going to dance. She probably will sing. And then she has a show where she can act like she's doing Whatever great. Whatever she wants. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. exactly. I, she's yeah. succeeding in my book. Yeah. I mean, if I could be on a show on Bravo, I feel like my life would be complete. For sure. Yeah. We have to be way more train wrecks. We do. But we but could make it happen. We for are a fee. wrecked by life. For a fee, we can make it happen. We can be as cray cray as they need us to be. <laughs> Wherever you the know? money goes. It's fine. Whatever. Um, so do you feel like um your life has influenced what you want to write about or do you feel like there's been a shift now that what you're writing about has like influenced 
how you're living your life? Well, without sounding too deep, I think I like I like stories. And I think I've always lived my life as if there's some epic story for my life I need to figure out. And that may be true. Um, but I because I, I kind of go back and forth of like, okay, my life is just going to happen to me versus mm-hmm. like I need my life to look a certain way. And I think you need, again, balance. Mm-hmm. You need a healthy yeah. mix of both. Um, but I think understanding now, having more perspective over just as a kid, like what was I into, which I think anyone can ask themselves mm-hmm. and figure out, yeah. oh, that was a passion. That was an interest that I had. So I think kids are very astute and more in tune with things and their like creative side um, that we probably would do well to really listen to and let mm-hmm. flourish. But um, for me, like telling stories and also I think feeling like an outsider in some ways. Um, I mean, it's a silly example, but like growing up in the Midwest, but with parents who were liberal artists did at times feel mm-hmm. like I'm the weird kid. I mean, my middle yeah. name is Ziza, you know, like yeah. <laughs> at times I'm like, why couldn't my middle name just be something like Jane, nice? you know, yeah. like. Um, my first name's Nicole, so growing up that was normal, yeah. but my maiden name was Petrachuk, so nobody could pronounce it. And then at like graduations, they're like, What's Ziza? Like my name sounded so weird, read yes. aloud. Um, but now I think about how cool and how great of my parents to not really operate on any sort of ideological framework, but just want mm-hmm. me to be an individual mm-hmm. in a in a fun way. And so I think now looking at where my families come from and their history and the lineage that I come from and what they experienced makes me want to figure out how can I honor that and write about that, but that also everyone has Mm -hmm. those slivers in their life of something very unique and very them that whether that's through food or whether that's looking at their career choices or spiritual practices or food, whatever, like I, I feel like people... I want to help if I do anything in life, like to help people realize how special they are, but then how they can use that and like spend time crafting that, not even necessarily for fame, but just because that's, that's life, that's meaning. And so I would hope that on the one hand, the career that I've found or I'm still stumbling along the way Mm -hmm. to figure out what the heck it is, is a result of me and my life and what uniquely makes me me, but then also feeling like, okay, I've, I've claimed that and I'm stepping into that. And now I want to honor that by mm-hmm. being professional about it and working hard at it and not just expecting that to be something I deserve, but like, okay, if I want to be a writer, I'm going to be really conscious about what I'm writing mm-hmm. and what I'm reading and how I come off speaking about certain things. So does that answer Yeah. I mean, it's question? like, it's both. Yeah. Essentially. Both um, I feel like I listened to, um, obviously, um, me and Kristen Bell and Dak Shepard are best friends, just like you and Lindsay Lohan are best friends. And so I listened to his podcast in support because, obviously, like, he's my friend. Why wouldn't I? Um, But he had Ted Danson on, and Ted Danson was talking about how his whole life he has felt like he was always sitting in the back of a pickup truck and he, it was like driving along, and he, things were just like happening to him, but he didn't Mm. see what was happening. And it was just like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm acting now. Oh, mm. hey, like life was just kind of like he was sitting in the back of a pickup truck and it was just going. And I felt like I've never connected more to like <laughs> another human being whenever he made that reference where I was just like, I feel like 
I'm just sitting in the back of a pickup truck and my life has always just been going. Like I also wanted to be like a doctor and then it didn't happen. And then nutrition (laughs) fell into my life and then I became really good at it and I loved it. Um, And until like the same as you were, you said like now I'm making a conscious decision. I think that like you've turned where like Mm -hmm. you're driving the car now and you're like, I'm making this choice. And I feel like I finally like have turned where it's like, I'm not just like letting life pass me by and I'm making conscious decisions Mm -hmm. of like, where my life is going to go. Yeah. But I for sure feel like for a long time, I too was like, yeah, just things falling in and like just sitting in that truck. Just like wherever life takes me. And I think I'm you need here. that. Yeah. I mean, I think especially if I'm talking with younger women or people in college, I mean, like I was like, yeah. thinking, okay, I need to decide the rest of my life right now. And not allowing. Which is crazy. We should yeah, stop for right? one second. <laughs> it's definitely crazy. The years like 18 to 22 to me were like the weirdest years of being a girl or woman. Girl, like woman. If anyone said that would be everyone's it weirdest time. It is the weirdest because you have all this expectation that you've like made plans for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like you're saying. And you're still a girl. You're not yet a woman. Your brain isn't even fully formed. (laughs) Yeah. And like so many. I love that Britney reference so much. I was hoping you would get it. I got it, girl. It's just, I always look at people. I'm like, you don't have to have everything together right now. You're trying really hard and it's actually hurting you. (laughs) It is. Just take a minute for a second here. Yeah. Usually concerned when people are making gigantic life decisions in that couple years, which I got married (laughs) in those couple years. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But still. I mean, I feel like there's some decisions that are like sound, but then I feel like there's also like we're not equipped to be deciding what we're going to be for the rest of our life. I just changed like how I communicated, who I was in the world changed so much in those years. The things I believed, the things I cared about, so many things changed just in those years. I mean, and continued on. But really, if you're out there and you're those years, hang in there. Hang on. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, I think any generation, and I've been fortunate to have friends kind of in all life stages. Mm -hmm. And um, I think my parents were a little bit older when they had me. So even their perspective on seeing things Mm -hmm. change and happen in the world, like they were the originals. Like Mm -hmm. any generation can probably say that about any other one, but just... Like, there's always something, even if it doesn't look exactly like what's mm-hmm. happening, like, there is wisdom in different generations and realizing there's nothing new under the sun. So there's always going to be kind of an ulterior motive mm-hmm. for, are we looking for purpose? Are we looking for justice? Are we looking for acceptance? Yeah. Are we looking for belonging in these big things? And I think, if anything, when we're young, to figure out how not to be spoken to and at, but, like, develop a healthy, but why? But yeah. why? But yeah. why am I interested in this? But why do I want to do this career? Mm-hmm. But why am I feeling this pressure? You know, like mm-hmm. the questions are great and finding answers is great, but that that takes a while yeah. and or feeling confident enough that you can ask the questions. Yeah. Like you're totally. way better off asking the questions than not. But society has oftentimes said like you're dumb for asking a question. Right. So yeah. rewiring our brains to say yeah. it's good to ask questions. Yeah. Yeah, and it's probably the scientist in me that's like, mm-hmm. question, get to the bottom of that. But you can never get to the bottom of science. That's an unceasing question. It's an unceasing world of creating something weird. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. At <laughs> some point, there'll be a time when you realize, okay, I am professional, but I'm not. Yes. So, who really knows? Who really <laughs> who knows? knows at all? 
Um, I feel like while she was talking, you wanted to say well, something. Well, I was like, have you I knew it. done the Enneagram? Yes. Can I'm I know you're a one? Your, you're a one. I thought for sure you were a four. People I'm a four. People get that. Actually, people, Everything you said was like straight out of a four's mouth. I think because, and I've said this before too, but I, ones when they're unhealthy go to fours. This is so true. maybe I'm just very unhealthy. Um, <laughs> or maybe you're just really healthy <laughs> no, and you've like really learned how to be resourceful with well, your I think emotions. The way, the way I think for me it makes sense of the Enneagram is that for me, like having meaning is attributed with my ultimate like right and wrong. So for me, the most important thing in my life is to make sure I'm doing exactly the the thing that has meaning, which then by default makes me realize, okay, but everyone needs to be individual in order to do their thing with meaning. Well, like everyone's the little piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. And so I probably act like a four, but it's driven because if I'm anything else, I am flawed and not what I'm supposed to be. So I want to be that individual, but I'm a one. I have a lot of seething rage underneath me. And <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, me I'm too. Sorry. But I'm not a one. What are you? I'm a nine. Really? Yes. I've never met a nine. Oh, my Welcome word. I'm surrounded world. by them. Nine really? and sevens. Jenna's all, all around her. I know not in her fours. personal, like, marriage life, but all no. her, like, friends and relationships working. Nines, nines. and sevens. Nines. Yeah. But I do think I'm a wing one. Mm. I haven't taken the full test, but I'm pretty positive I'm a or wing I, one. Either my wing is a two or a three. It can only It'll be, be a nine or a two one. Or a nine. Oh, really? Nine or a one. So you're or a two. two. <laughs> she oh, said the okay. same thing again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. Well, there you go. You've met a nine. Great. You're welcome. <laughs> I think I've met, I don't actually, maybe I've met a six. I don't know. I'm collecting them. She's four. So, have you met a four? I have met some fours. Mm-hmm. Do those fours all think you're really a four and not a one? They do. Yeah. Because you want them, you want everyone to be you. No, fours don't want anyone else to be a four. I feel like I I love it now. Yeah. But I actually you were emotionally. I mean, sad everyone about should be a four and the world will work. Everyone should specialize <laughs> into what they do. That's true. Maybe. I don't know. That's I would your be one so, coming out of we'll like, this conversation more later. Perfect. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty I much. do I do feel like if you took the test that I love you probably would be very high in four if Maybe. not if not actually be a four I love tests so yeah me. we'll see if we actually if she is a four yeah because I think what makes me think you're a four which I can't tell you what you are you know yourself <laughs> the best is when you said your motivation it still was a four motivation mm. not a one motivation so like I score very high in eight as well mm-hmm. which is like powerful person mm-hmm. usually they're like the dictators <laughs> Uh, you, you know, are like slightly. Donald Trump is for sure an eight. <laughs> um, there's also amazing eights in the world. Um, like I think Mother Teresa was supposedly an eight. So oh. maybe I lean that way. Yeah, mm, probably sure. not. Probably not. Let's you, be real. But my motivations are fours. So like my motivation isn't justice. My motivation is like caring for and protecting emotional health usually. Mm. But isn't that a, a form of justice? Yeah. I mean, it is. It's my form of justice. But then aren't you a one? No. Nope. Oh, we're going to have such a good conversation later. So many conversations. Right. We've we'll actually thought about doing an entire episode on the Enneagram because Jonna loves it so much. I do. I think you should. I, think I grew the most as a human. It's incredibly fascinating. Learning about it. And I was very, like, not interested in it for a long time. Just like I'm not interested in a lot of things. And then once I do it, I'm like, 
I'm brushing my tongue now. I'm brushing my tongue now. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm going to live an Ayurvedic life by brushing my tongue. That's what I'm going to do. Um, And so now, like, where do you kind of see your life? Well, first, let's talk about Italy. So she <laughs> has traveled and spent so much time in Italy. Um, So what LA. has made you? Yeah, I'm really awesome at speaking and my accents are really perfect. So don't be threatened by my multi-talented <laughs> self. Um, It all comes out. All the threats. No, all my accents come out either Valley Girl <laughs> or Midwestern Mom. That's that's the Love only it. accents I got. So um, obviously my acting career would have really taken off if I had done those sides. You would have been a great <laughs> Valley Girl. That's pretty much obviously. it. Um, <laughs> no, but just like what has taken you to Italy and where has like Italy kind of influenced you? Um. I mean, my growing up, my mom's side was Italian Irish, uh-huh. and so I so fiery. I didn't. There's a lot of stories, <laughs> um, but I didn't realize that not everyone had. I just thought everyone's Italian. Like yeah. everyone has Italian heritage. Everyone has an Italian grandmother. Everyone, you know, um, eats like tomatoes and Italian dressing, like whatever the olive oil balsamic mixture. Um, so I think growing up, knowing that I was Italian, always felt just like me. Like mm-hmm. I just know half Ukrainian and then Italian Irish. Um, and, and there was something about Italy that just, it just was always portrayed as being the best. And mm-hmm. I loved that. And so in, um, college, finally my last semester of college, I had enough time in my schedule to squeeze in a semester of Italian. And even then just felt like everything in life has always felt like a continual return to Italy somehow, even though I'd never been, um, I just, that's the side of me that I wish I was fully Italian. I wish I could be there. It just, my best image in my mind is like, I'm tan with dark hair and dark <laughs> eyes. Um, but I didn't get the the Italian skin tone, unfortunately, but, um, yeah. And so then after college, I went to Rome for the first time for a couple weeks and that felt like coming home. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Just like the sounds, everything made real and made alive. And then, just stuck. And so anytime I could get back there, I would get back there. Um, found out through the way that I apply for dual citizenship through this weird loophole, like Italian bloodline, right of the blood, you can get your Italian citizenship. And so that was a whole side process that again, kind of feeling like, oh, this was a deeper current in my life. I was always meant to discover. And so realizing, oh, I can become a full-fledged Italian citizen, get a passport, live over there. Um, just felt like the right, like cracking the safe on my life, like another number clicked open and I'm that much closer to the meaning. But, um, so all that time, like Italy has just always been the thing, the place, the end goal where I can get. And also, I mean, not to super glamorize it because there are also other sides of like any country is difficult and hard and Mm -hmm. there are injustices and there, um, you know, things that aren't perfect, but there's something inherently about an Italian, the slowness of it, the way of life, the way the things that I attribute most meaning to Mm -hmm. are also revered Mm -hmm. in their own way. And I love just the art of it, the history of it, being in things that were created generations ago, centuries ago, and putting myself in proximity to that feels right on a 
spiritual, soulful level. And so, yeah, I mean, Italy has always been there. I never knew how it could be a real part of my life, Mm -hmm. but I always wanted it to be. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I could go on and on, but I forget the question. (laughs) It was just like, how does it influence you now as like writing life? Yeah, I mean, I would say my end goal, both my husband and I now, I think I've, I've successfully won him into the camp of let's, let's move there. Right. Like yeah. let's buy a house there and live there. Right. Yeah. Um, again, sorry, mom, but, um, <laughs> that, I mean, property is cheap. This town that we love, mm-hmm. like, why would we buy a house in LA if yeah. we can buy a house in Italy? Like, yeah. I think, like three houses in Italy three yeah. houses. <laughs> for the cost of one. I think I had this, I had this epiphany moment being in Italy once and just because just being in the country fills me with such a deep, joy and I could sit and listen. I mean, I'm an introvert, so Mm -hmm. I love being at home. I love like, I'll have one good conversation with my friend and then I'm good socially for the week. Um, but whenever I'm in Italy, I'm like, I will say yes to anything. I will go around. I'll just sit in a group of Italians and listen Mm -hmm. to them blissfully speak. And I just love the people, the culture, everything about Mm -hmm. it. And so I had this moment where I thought like, I would live here if I just had to work in the posted, like the post office, which would be crazy in Italy. But <laughs> I could, you know, if I was a, the trash collector, like just driving around the streets in the early morning. And so I'm like, what does that mean about me? If I'm, I'm happiest at a moment where I'm receiving the least external validation, mm-hmm. like where and how can I live my life and where, if there's a certain place that puts me in that better, mm-hmm. why shouldn't I? live there um so yeah our long goal I think we would love to have a and b and we've lived as a married couple my husband and I have lived with more people than we probably should <laughs> like having roommates <laughs> as a married couple but again I feel like maybe that's part of the plan yeah. that we yeah. know how to be hospitable and we know how to host people and live with people that will have this house in Basana de Grappa and my husband will make grappa in the back and we'll share with people and it'll be this great life but um, I'll totally come. I will Send come to you. We will love to host you. Bauer B and B, but yeah. So I think having that as like a clear, how do we get there? But mm-hmm. then also moving in directions of curiosity and the job that I'm in now with Milaner, I actually met because my husband and I, before moving, we were in Nashville and we were planning to move back to LA and decided to, in that gap, go to this town in Italy that we love to really see, could we actually live here. I mean, Mm -hmm. we've been here a handful of times Mm -hmm. on vacation, but could we actually be here and will the the glamour wear off, you know, are people really that nice to us? Were they really our friends? And that three months just really solidified like, man, like this, this just feels right for some reason. And while we were there, I met this woman who happened to be in Italy at the same time. She reached out to me about her company and I was so taken with its premise of connecting People directly to the artisans that make these amazing mm-hmm. luxury goods like mm-hmm. shoes, bags, knit sweaters, because the story, it wasn't just another like, oh, we make, you know, something and send it to you from someplace cool. But yeah. it felt far more like my boss. She's born and raised in Italy. So she knows these makers who she's grown up with. An Italian way of doing business is much more like referral, referral. Who do you know? Talk to them 20 relational. times before they say, yeah, very relational. Mm-hmm. And so the way that this kind of operates beyond the the slick branding and slick gimmicking. And yet these are people who have generational stories of learning mm-hmm. a craft and preserving it and bringing it into the future through 
for most of them, they've never sold online before. They've just been working mm-hmm. with big luxury names. And so there just was something that was really attractive to me about that process. And just through staying in touch with her, then she ended up bringing me on at first for some part-time work and then to do like brand development and brand direction. So even that, like, again, never would thought I would be in fashion or in business, mm-hmm. startup culture, but yeah. through a love of Italy and because I connect with the premise and the mission of what it's doing, it just sort of found me. So, so if so you do Italy's move to Italy, do they have like offices there and stuff? I mean, the office right now is her house. Yeah. <laughs> also San Francisco. Um, but again, it's one of those things where I'm seeing a glimmer of like, yeah. even whatever, wherever direction this goes, my job right now is to learn more about Italy. And yeah. when, um, my, I kind of took a shift earlier this year in my career and I kind of found myself in this place where I'm like, okay, everything else aside, when I don't have to pay the bills, when I, when I'm not stressed out about certain things, like what what's coming to the surface? Like, what mm-hmm. can I notice in myself that keeps coming to the surface? And it was, very, it was like Italy and food. Like, I like food. I like reading it, researching it, eating it. And I like Italy. So I don't know what that means, but I'm just going to keep staying curious about both things. And now, I mean, I don't think my career is like neatly tied up as like right. X, Y, Z. I mean, I'm a, I'm a lot of things, but I'm interested in all of them. So yeah. I'm choosing to say that's a success because it's perspective. Absolutely. So. I love that so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I also love whenever you were saying um, just like it's the bloodline, this thing like for Italians. <laughs> and I was thinking about like, what's my bloodline? And it'd be like, does Poland have a thing? <laughs> sure. The whole time that you were talking, I was thinking. history. Um, Dietrich, I can like only hope and aspire right. to him turning out as her because he <laughs> yeah. is our little Italian Irish baby. Yeah. With a German name. <laughs> so there's hope. If, there's if hope. your child can turn out like even slightly like Ziza, I would hold on to that. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Right. Italian Irish. I mean I can have starches and pasta. That's what I created it too. So. Perfect. I love it so much. Um and one of the posts that you did the other day, I think it ties back into like why you love working with this company so much is that like and it made me think did you see it where um you're like the artist that you posted it was basically like hey where is your feminist like oh, yes. uh, shirt mm-hmm. coming from oh yeah and I was like that's so like my mind brilliant? was blown yeah. where I was just like oh yeah like you don't think about where anything is actually coming from ever in this culture yeah this culture is just like it's trendy to care yes mm-hmm. and but like I'll care enough to buy this thing and not actually dig into like what I'm doing when I buy this. Yeah. Yeah, Like where is that money actually going? Who made this shirt? What's happening to those people who made this shirt? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like just think it through. Yeah. That would be like my, my tagline. And even to go back to Darling, when I would write things or edit things, like at the end of the day, I'm like, why does this matter? Yeah. What's the point? And I think we should all be asking ourselves that a lot more. And then actually, having courage to dive in to figuring mm-hmm. out the answer and answering or trying to answer those questions. Cause mm-hmm. I think a lot of the pursuits and a lot of the stories that you're hearing about right now, they're all like very noble causes, like inequality mm-hmm. and, you know, justice and hearing, you know, the marginalized, which is so good. And I don't want to see that diminished by just it being trendy. You right. know? Yes. So I think if people do 
do their diligence and dive in and mm-hmm. figure out where they stand and why these certain things are so important. Mm-hmm. That's fabulous. But mm-hmm. I, because we live in such a loud culture where there's such a mob mentality, we risk like missing our moment if we don't mm-hmm. really dive deeper to ask those I questions. I actually have hope for that though too. Good. I feel like you. I, feel, <laughs> I do feel like the millennial generation for all it's hated on I do feel like it's actually like striving to try to be more relational. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they see this need and desire for it and they're just like fumbling around. And when I say they, I mean me and all of us <laughs> are just fumbling around trying to find it, you know, wherever we can. Like, like you said in the beginning, what's real? Yeah. yeah. Like give me whatever is real because all of this isn't actually real. But wait, this thing, it's not real is actually how we all make money. But right. then like what's real? Yeah. yeah. Um, and the best things are coming out of relationships. So any real change is going to come from relationships. So it takes caring about someone enough to say, Hey, did you ever think about like where we buy our clothes from? Yeah. Yeah. And if we actually care about this thing, like maybe we together have to start looking at this or, and I I do have hope that that is happening. Yeah. Might be a wishful thinker, but I don't think that that's a wishful thinker. I think it's like, as like more things like this, so like even just like your post, it made me think and then it's making you think and yeah. it's making like other people think. And so I think that like as long as people are having the voice to say something or like having the conviction to say something, mm-hmm. then it's going to allow other people to be like, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. As long as someone's not quiet and well, like it follows like the, the line of. Like what I was saying earlier, I'm thinking through so many things right now. I'm just like processing. I know she's so <laughs> like just so much stuff happens um, in your brain. But when we were talking earlier about how your voice matters and not the voice that everybody wants everyone to have, but like your unique voice. Um, and so it doesn't like you being the loudest or you not mm-hmm. even being quiet. Maybe you do need to be quiet for a second. Yeah. yeah. That's but, also true. <laughs> I don't know. I think. I think there's this like idea that everyone's valuable right now. Mm-hmm. It's this idea, this like nebulous idea. Mm-hmm. You're valuable. You're special, which you are, but we're not giving any like meaning for why you are valuable right. or special because you're only valuable, valuable or special. If you look like this totally. mm-hmm. is what society says. And I think it's such like an underhanded message that until we start rewiring ourselves to realize like that message, it sounds good on the outside, but what's the undercurrent under it is not good. Um, and like we're valuable because we're humans and because mm-hmm. like there's a light in us. Um, that's the thing. I don't know. Well, I'm and that's why the time thing, I, I stick on that so much because it takes time to yeah. realize not that just you have value, but that, Oh, and this is how I can use it. Like, because I have so much value, right. I want to make sure that I'm, using that, like stewarding that gift well and answering that call well. And so I don't just want to rush out like half-hearted into all these things, but because I do have a voice and each person has a voice so well, like how am I using that to the best of its measure? Is that to be super vocal and loud online? Maybe for some people it is. And yeah, maybe for other people, maybe just like go offline and talk to a few Mm -hmm. people in your community Mm -hmm. and be real in that way. And not feel this pressure because I think we all think, okay, in order for me to matter, I have to be out there and look like all these other right. people that are mm-hmm. out there in this way when that isn't necessarily right. For everyone. This is probably, I don't know if this is the wrong thing to say. And if it is, we'll just be editing this out after. <laughs> but I was thinking like, 
the way I look at it is you are valuable and that matters for yourself, but really like the value you have is when you realize what your value is and how you can then be in relationship and help others with it. Right. Right. Or like add to others, enrich others' lives with what you have. Totally. So like what you were saying, it comes down to, I don't know if that was offensive or not, but (laughs) I don't don't think that was offensive. (laughs) What it comes down to is like learning enough about yourself, like taking that time, maybe doing some rituals, like taking those breaths and brushing your tongue. Yeah. Learning about yourself and who you are and what your voice is and how you can use that to be a better human. Well, yeah. And like going to a, like a not as big thing. Ziza and I actually had this conversation because I've had like a huge (laughs) existential (laughs) crisis over this topic (laughs) about my nutrition and just like where you're supposed to be in social media and like how you're supposed to post. And like, just in like, in a very simplified manner, it's like, everyone's doing this. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to get tired of seeing this. And why be that whenever you could be your own thing and people are eventually going to come find it. Right. You know, where it's like, and that was Ziza's words to me of being like, reminding me (laughs) to like, be like, you know what? Like you don't have to like fall into what everyone else is expecting of you or what everyone else is doing to get attention because everyone's doing it and it's Mm -hmm. not going to be what people want and people are going to want something unique. They're going to want mm-hmm. to hear a, your own perspective and hear your voice. Mm-hmm. And it's just you taking that time to find out what that is and like not being afraid that you're going to take that time where no one's going right. to like come to you mm-hmm. for a bit. But eventually they're going to be tired of seeing, in my case, a hand holding three <laughs> pieces of food with <laughs> stuff dripping off of it or holding a freaking <laughs> smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> coming to like what you want to offer, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and not feeling like you have to like mm-hmm. be that. Yeah. For my Instagram is like, <laughs> <laughs> that's how I look at my Instagram. I'm like, I'm going to post whatever I want and I'm going to put freaking Hefe on it and nobody can judge me. <laughs> I, I don't care it. if I have my freaking preset. <laughs> Every picture is of a selfie of me and my child or my dog yeah. now. Well, <laughs> she's so cute. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, it's no. not cool to want to be cool. It's cool to not care about being cool. <sighs> That's like the <laughs> yes. ultimate thing, right? You have to not care and then yeah. you're cool. That's what well, we were talking about. Well, and I think the earlier. advertising element to it, like yeah. the marketing element. And that's where a bit of my jaded experience comes yeah. in because <clears throat> you can make money now on just having a cool life. Yes. And that's such a bizarre thing. Also, cool yeah. is so questionable. Yeah. <laughs> it's all a play. I it's mean, it's all not your perspective. Yeah. I'll say that from a business perspective, you can have something really cool and slick and in the moment, but as a business strategy and a way of making money, think through that a little bit. Yeah. Because, and I think, you know, Instagram, social media, it taps into great things and it taps into our worst things like mm-hmm. vanity and pride mm-hmm. and laziness, at least for me. Oh, it definitely does for me. Mm-hmm. And so if someone's saying like, I can make more money and do less work and get free stuff. Okay. I will follow that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think everyone's kind of hitched onto that. And now yeah. that marketing is following that and it's becoming this weird industry organism monster. It's not natural in this yeah. like way to connect with people anymore. So because that all started with our desire to connect, like what are the other ways that we can connect? And if that's, you know, that should be a platform. Like I think 
Another light bulb moment for me was when I found out like, oh, people who are actually doing something cool on Instagram have terrible Instagram accounts because they're out doing the thing they are good at. (laughs) So someone who was only well known on Instagram for this beautiful, perfect thing. Yeah. Raises some flags for me because I'm like, how do you have so much? What are you doing? Like, what are you, what are you actually doing? Yeah. Because it takes so much time. Even for our little Instagram account, I'm like, yeah. this is like a full time yeah. job. Yeah. And you guys have seen our Instagram and account. I mean, I'm proud of it, I'm but proud it's of not it too. perfect. I think it's great. <laughs> well, thanks. I like it. We tried to make it pretty. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think, think it's, it's pretty. Okay. I think it's pretty. There's too much now. And if, if yeah. that is all you're chasing, you're going to be left with nothing. Yeah. And so you might as well spend the time focusing on what you do and if you have to work you know heaven forbid a nine-to-five job you don't like for a couple years so that you can pay your bills and save money and you're not forcing your passion project to produce your life that could be a great thing because then by the time Mm -hmm. you're ready to succeed all these other people flash in the pan are burnt out and have nothing like what do I do now and they couldn't even get to the end goal because they had to live. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they yeah. needed like, to eat the train food. Run out and and the they couldn't out live too. out of their car anymore. Yeah. yeah. So I think giving your, if you can honor and see what you're passionate about, like allow that to breathe and have room to live and evolve as long as you can. And yeah, just like, don't, again, don't worry. I don't know. I just spent two hours today trying to figure out the clouds. So <laughs> that could, like, I could also be just way behind and just don't listen to any of my advice. But <laughs> If we've learned a lot from anyone in the like world with the cloud, it's a not safe space. It's just, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. Everyone's pictures are out in the world that we're on the cloud. Yeah. So it's sorry, true. Apple. Pencil is doing great for generations. Yes. That's all I'll say. I never <laughs> use updated in, every six in months. In this room, I've only used electronics like once or twice. Yeah. I write everything down. Not me. I'm not in class. Like, I like, never like, took like notes i always wrote oh, them I had, down i had the best in like college and you'd have like yes. the, the formula sheets yes Ooh, those were works of art like i would cram everything mm-hmm. in there so tightly i miss this <laughs> we can just do that for funsies I mean, one day i still have them i should make wallpaper out of them i'll drink something. wine and watch <laughs> and she'll watch us after the three months is up yes after she's off of this rust antibiotic thing that wants to kill my liver um okay so we have like we at the end of every episode we have with our guests we just do like funny Rapid fire questions. Great. Um, I have some. Jonna may have some. I might be completely good with the ones you have too. Depending on how long the answers are. (laughs) Yes. Um, and they don't have to be like one word answer. You can take a minute. Yeah. Super rapid fire. Just that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I don't want any pressure. I I want her to get no pressure. Like, just give your give whatever answer you feel your heart desires. It's just fun questions. Great. Um. So because we've we've talked about so many like really heart felt things outside of our your love for Lindsay Lohan, you know? I mean, which is heartfelt, but it's not like mind whatever. But what is your guilty pleasure TV reading, etc.? Oh. Yes. Um So I would say up until recently my guilty pleasure was the show Nashville. Oh, I we loved, loved Nashville. That show. We, we did love that we show. We literally up which, until this season I haven't watched any of it. I I don't know why. I think cuz I know nothing about the music industry and I had just moved to Nashville and people were telling me about Nashville and I'm like, "Okay, I'll put this on and like learn about the city I'm living in." And I and there were so many episodes. Like, yeah. Yes. Like now that there's like eight seasons, I like blow through TV so quickly. But yeah. especially when I was flying back and forth between Nashville and LA a lot and downloading like 
10 episodes for a flight and still right. not have the season. Like, it was such an easy thing for me to just jump into. Um, up until recently, when the last episode I watched, I was like, what? That happened? And now I'm not watching it anymore. That's probably about when I stopped, too. Yep. Yeah. yeah there was a, a a surprising turn that I'm like, really? I mean, it was yes. the time, but they should have just figured out something else if to do. If somebody in the music industry hates on that show, I would like to have... A word with them because they're amazing writers on it. That's what sucked me yeah. in is the songwriters it is that really wrote good. the songs for that show are actually like really, really qualified, and amazing the singer songwriters. Singing, like just the, I mean, it just she's obsessed fun. with Scarlett. Yeah, I oh. actually love Claire Bowen's voice. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, so that, I I, but I was also embarrassed because. Especially when I was flying back and forth between Nashville You're and LA You're going home to Nashville. Because people right. just see you watching Nashville. <laughs> yeah. on the way like, oh, this is, especially like the intro is like so <gasps> on a dark like plane. Yeah. Yes. But I have a lot of guilty pleasures, but that comes to the list. Highest up on the list. Isn't that it? I can't remember. Yeah. I thought that. Because I just see the guitar coming through the screen at the moment. Nashville, that's also one of ours. Um, so I think you're right everything that here. can be guilty, I think we probably is on. Like, whatever you would say, we would I was like, like, are we yep, ever going to have a guest on that we are like, oh, I've never watched that? <laughs> I don't think so. Don't we watch either. such horrible television. <laughs> we do. Um, okay, so how do you fight writer's block? Oh, um, usually going to sleep. Okay. Or a glass of wine. Also things we love. <laughs> Sleep, Either, like, sleep I've wine. noticed the balance thing too with yeah. everybody. Like I'm like, I really do have more creativity in the morning. And if I'm trying to push it into late in the night, usually I just have to go to sleep because mm-hmm. nothing will come up or I'll have to like go outside. But usually if I'm writing and I've hit that mark, it's because yeah. I need to go to bed. I've honestly decided and figured out, I've been like this all through college where like if it's the evening and I'm expected to do something like work wise, I become very aggressively angry about it. And I refuse to do it. You're a one. <laughs> She's for sure a nine. For sure. <laughs> I'm a nine for sure. But there's that wing one where it's like, I find it very annoying. Like I never did all nighters, whatever. Like morning is whenever I'm productive and like having a child and me having to try to do continuing education at night. I get incredibly mm. angry and I just stop and I go to bed. The podcast is the only thing I'm uh, like excited about to do at night. <laughs> That's because we drink, and we, we drink out. and hang out, and it's just talking to my friends. Um, you probably write the questions in the morning. I bet I do. Um, and then, what's one of the weirdest pitches you ever received? Oh, oh my! She's gosh. like, I don't know if I can yeah. say this. Um, <laughs> I probably can't say. Okay, out loud at the risk of. I'm sure someone. someone. Yes. (laughs) But I think, I mean, when you, I can share something that, so we would get a lot of like PR pitches, Uh like you get on a media list and you get like upcoming, whatever. And specifically at Darling, I would be on the receiving end of like, I actually don't know if I can say this, but (laughs) edit it out. We can edit it out. Inappropriate. Yeah. Um, Like unicorn lube. And like <laughs> weird, like you can, say that. you can say that yeah. for sure. Um, that I'm like, has anyone looked at Darling? Like this yeah. is, I could <laughs> also, never see what a is unicorn lube. No, I, no, is I it didn't. like glitter? Oh, I got to Google this. Look it up now. I don't know. Maybe this they is... didn't launch. Pun. Um, but <laughs> like their brand at the end of the day, but just were things that felt like, how did you take two seconds? There's another to little tip. Like them. if you're pitching an outlet. Take some time to research what that outlet 
does. Yeah. Um, and we also would get like e-cigars, like weird. And you're like, guys, that- we are not that like Sorry. cool if our like women readers listen to this, but it's not something that like it fits our brand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just weird, like weird <sighs> stuff. Like, no. Yeah. Comes to mind. So we've talked but. about um, this company that is at free, or like this free people line that carries <laughs> it. It's called uh, Chakra Rub. No, it's just called Shock Rubs. Shock Rubs. And it's a crystal dildo. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Free okay, rose I think you dildo. guys should do a show about crystals. I have yeah. a, not a secret. That sounds weird. But like a, <laughs> I'm really intrigued by crystals and I yeah. feel like they get a bad rep. For sure. But I also, again, the scientist in me, I'm like, but crystals are a real thing and we live in a very energy saturated world. So is there a way to like detach crystals from the like like Spencer Pratt's of the world and like just talk about them on a scientific level? So, guys, hey, we might do it. Unicorn lube. This unicorn lube is called Unicorn Spit. (laughs) (laughs) So on brand for Darwin. And it's donut flavored. Oh, whoa. Is it in a millennial pink packaging? No. Is it? <laughs> on the show. I we, love that you, you just Google said that, that too. <laughs> it's just this packaging. Oh, it looks it's clear. It's like spray. No, it's it not spray. It looks like spray. Oh. It's a, it's a squeezy. Oh, squeezy. It's not. It's clear. But that's the branding. Well, there you go. Um, yeah. It's Everything not personally you look for my brand. branding purpose to buy, but it's great branding. You Way to go corn unicorn spits with a... <laughs> Oh, that's donut. <laughs> Way to go, unicorn spit. I hope you're being very okay. profitable. If anybody is looking for that, don't do it to yourself because it will lead to probably yeast infections. Uh, yeah. Oh. Um, All lubes probably do. Because the one of the ingredients in it is a glycerin. Oh. Well, there you go. Oh. Don't um, use lubes with glycerin in it, FYI. Yeah. Yeah, That's a lot of so them. Things. Um, and then so far, what is your favorite article or piece you've written? Mm. Or something that like you wrote and you're like, I'm really proud that I was able to do this. So, okay, this is actually an easier answer. I, before leaving Nashville, I was able to stop at St. Jude mm-hmm. and interview their food team, which felt in a way like a a full circle moment because I used to volunteer yeah. in pediatric oncology mm-hmm. and I either wanted to go into um, OB-GYN or pediatric oncology. Yeah. And so that like pediatric oncology always had this like special nugget in my heart of, I just, I like everyone who works there is an angel and that's just like what matters yeah. the most. And so getting the opportunity to go to St. Jude and be there and listen to the food team, like the element of a hospital that, beforehand was like the least familiar for me of what to focus on whenever I was in a hospital, even though I've been in a lot and eaten in a lot of them. But yeah, so coming back and getting to interview the food team and kind of highlight, okay, even in the food, this is how this organization bestows dignity, individualism, like hope and just fun through food in a seemingly not so fun environment. Yeah felt like, okay, these weird worlds of mine that have never before really met suddenly are like, here I am, like writing about pediatric oncology Um, and getting to tour the facility and meet the people that work there. It just, yeah, I don't know. That just like stuck out as like both sides of my heart and brain are very happy. That's awesome. So cool. I love that so much. I mean, I feel like that's like, 
I answered St. Jude, which is incredible. <laughs> like, how yes. could you not? But yeah, it is an incredible organization. That's through awesome. and through. Through and through. <laughs> um, very Nashville of you. <laughs> <laughs> I do have some questions. Um, so one, you have to travel to one of the places that you've been on your exciting adventures Mm -hmm. and it can't be Italy. What's your favorite spot? I really loved Scotland a lot. Cool. Um, and I think because I had been to Ireland before and when I went to Scotland, I wasn't really expecting much like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I've seen Mm -hmm. the ruggedy cliff before. And there was something specifically, we went to, um, the Isle of Isla. Mm-hmm. just off the coast. And I think at the time in my life and when I was there experiencing just the majesty of a rainstorm that would downpour mm. and hail and you're walking along this little road and there are sheep just like hanging out in the hail, <laughs> not phased by it. And then I'm like freezing and freaking out. Like, is my phone covered? Where are we going? Do you know where we're going? And then out of nowhere, it would just clear up and the clouds would move and the sun would come down and there'd be a rainbow because of course... And then the sheep are just like, I just have these like very vivid memories of walking along and just the sheep like looking at me <laughs> and feeling like, what are you doing? We're okay. We're fine. <laughs> like, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. I've survived all these stories. I've never had a phone <laughs> and, and like, I'm doing fine. <laughs> exactly. And I'm beautiful. Look at me. I'm in a postcard. Look at how beautiful my so I should is. be a sheep. No. Um, but yeah. And I think at the time when I was there, I just like needed that like rusticness, but yet feeling the gentleness of the the sheepskin and like the sun beaming down. It just felt like a physical representation of everything happening in my heart at that time. Yeah. Um, So I really, well, Scotland, but my, I mean, surprisingly, my husband prefers Ireland Ah. over Scotland and he's Scottish. I'm part Scottish and I'm part Irish, but yeah, I would say that. And then my foodie heart needs to hear this. So I love reading Ziza's anything whenever she's talking about food (laughs) or drinks because I have like such a love for food. Um, And she will make you want to eat all of the food and drink all the drinks. Um, One, has food ever made you cry? Food food actually has made me cry before. Mm. I took a bite and I was like, I'm getting emotional right now. No, it takes a lot. Oh, wait, to make you're asking cry. or are you finishing the question? I'm asking. Food in the moment hasn't made me cry, but a memory of food has made me cry. Look at that. When I'm like thinking or reliving an experience mm-hmm. and I really miss it, I will cry thinking about it. Then also what you, now this is going to be really hard. <laughs> like what was your most life-changing meal food wise that you've ever experienced in your life? And where was it? Give us little details if you have any. I will say the first time, this will be very, actually, it's very easy. The first time I had buffalo mozzarella in Italy, Mm. when I was like, what is this white Mm -hmm. stuff that's like jiggling in a ball? (laughs) Thought I've had mozzarella, but like when it kind of, it cries itself. Yeah. Buffalo mozzarella cries. And when there's this restaurant in Rome that I would eat at a lot when I was there, um, the first time I went to Rome and they have this very simple dish of just focaccia and then a ball of the buffalo mozzarella mm. and that like it's little saltiness and tartness, but then the creaminess and the sweetness combined on the hot focaccia with a little bit of rosemary. It was like, Yum. these are, these are s- simple things. And yet I'm tasting something I've never had before. It, like that's ruined me for buffalo mozzarella 
for the rest of my life. And yeah, it was like in that moment where I'm like, how can I just eat this forever? Yes. And be fine. And then (laughs) now you've figured it out. You just have to get there. Yeah. And then you can eat it forever. And I'll eat it forever and be (laughs) fine. Every day. (laughs) Be fine forever. But yeah, I think that like realizing like this is what cheese is supposed to taste like. That's pretty And the heavens opened the up and light and that, shone upon you. And that rainbow pretty came much. about. Uh, <laughs> out of the ball of like, the This yep. is God's promise that I will always From give you From the tears, <laughs> in the midst of the tears, there shone a rainbow. I'll give you good cheese. <laughs> yeah. That. that doesn't taste like plastic. Yep. <laughs> or isn't just like chewing on rubber gum. Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, guys, yum. let's all try to experience that in our life. Um, do. do you have any other questions? That's it. Um, one last question. Where can people find your writing and where, I mean, obviously, Life and Time, mm-hmm. Darling, but then you also have your website that you yeah. have been writing on. So I have my that? website, Nicole Ziza Bauer. It's on my Instagram, Ziza Vita, which my website is kind of where I just dump everything. Mm-hmm. And then I have this <clears throat> side I don't even want to call it a blog. It was just something I challenged myself to write every day. It's like a journal. Yeah, yeah, more of like a journal that I write just for me, but I put it out there in case anyone can ever resonate with it. But it's not meant to be. It's like my like anti SEO bloggy thing, but it's just for me to not lose my own voice and what I notice and that inspires someone else. Cool. I want to get back into writing there more because it was fun when I challenged myself every day mm-hmm. to write there. Um, but life happens. But that's-, that's what you were doing right whenever you moved back to Los Angeles, right? Yeah. So when we moved to Italy for those three months, yeah. I challenged myself every day to write and I did. But then mm-hmm. life caught up once yeah. you're not in Italy and yes. it feels like... And then you're like matters. doing all these other things, being an editor, yeah. like <laughs> guest editor at Life and Time. And then you're writing all these things and you're doing yeah. all this stuff. But... Now. Yes, I mean, we'll follow her at Zizavita on Instagram, Instagram. Mm-hmm. and you'll be able to keep up with all of her writing. And she's going to be potentially be like traveling. Yep, I have a few fun young trips coming up. Yes, and fun. if you love wine, one of those may be happening. Ooh, yeah. So I love wine, and I love grappa. Side plug: we didn't talk about grappa, but I love grappa. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. So much work to be done. I know, right? <laughs> so much. I was just thinking we didn't even talk about like really dig into what your husband does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, he's pretty cool. You should probably, cool dude. for like one second, yeah. tell everyone what he does. He makes his own alcohol. And Which is cool. Other people's alcohol. And he's just a cool guy. He's a tall guy. Very likes tall. Likes to make tall drinks. And cool tall, tall, tall guy <laughs> that likes to make cool tall drinks. Best Get way to describe him. <laughs> pretty much. And he kind of looks like Amanda's husband. And he kind of looks like Kyle. <laughs> From, from profile. At a glance. <laughs> At a glance. He's taller than Kyle. Kyle's only 6'2". Mm. How tall is your husband? 6'7". Yeah. Whoa. Just yeah. a little tall. A little shy of 6'7", yeah. but he has boots on usually. So he's up there. Like 6'8". Yeah. Because <laughs> of the boots. Well, he's probably like 6'6 six, six and 5'6". They're whatever. Like some yeah. weird So fraction. he ends up being like 6'7 and 5'6". With yeah. boots on. With the boots. Yeah, with the boots. Well, now that everybody knows that. (laughs) (laughs) So Ziza lives a really super cool life. And I'm so glad that you guys got to like see a little bit of a glimpse of what we get to know of her and um, just be encouraged and inspired by all the things that she said, because I know I am. Yeah. I hope you're inspired to like be your unique self. Yes. 
Be your yes. own person. Everyone <laughs> can be me in their own way. Yeah. I'm nothing special. <laughs> I'm just me. <laughs> I love that. Um, we always are like, be a snow, be your snowflake. But in this sense, like, find what kind of snowflake you are and just enjoy that. Every don't try to be different. Don't try to be. You can't really say snowflake anymore, saying. though, because that got ruined. I know. That's why I was like, yeah, don't they even I'm ruined saying. the freaking snow. <laughs> they ruined the snow for us. <laughs> oh man! Well, we love having you on. Yes. Is there you. anything going on with you? Probably a million things. I have this week uh, extra fun surprise trip planned for <gasps> Dietrich coming up. He doesn't. I'm very excited about. Well, we can talk about it next week since he's literally in the other yeah, room. Yeah, I was like, us. I can't talk about it, but it's going to be exciting. Yes. Yeah. Well, super fun. Yeah. Anything exciting and pertinent that we all need to know going on in your life? Yeah, outside of what I've already talked about. But um, one of the things that I think it's really um, kind of flows nicely into like just Ziza being here and like talking about it. So I think I might have mentioned it before, but I've actually gotten brought on as... Um, my friend from high school started a company or like is in this startup called soul connect Mm -hmm. and I'm a guide on there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's an awesome place just to have honest conversation with people, um, where you can like, if you're interested in anything. So like if Ziza was on there, if you were interested in writing or Italy or whatever, you could just like pay for time to talk to Ziza about Italy or for me, like you could, come on and talk to me about anything like podcasts or you could talk about nutrition, you could mm-hmm. talk about whatever. And it's also at like a, a much discounted rate compared to like my normal rate. And so um, just, I feel like I'm really encouraged to be a part of a company that wants to just like have honest conversation and start building community and mm-hmm. just like not it, not being in the world of consuming, but actually learning and embracing and so it's a I'm really excited about it and I feel like it's a it's a space that people can also go to to like learn and there's tons of people like I got connected to an amazing like PR person that's been helping me that I just started talking to Mm -hmm. and so I think it's just a it's a great awesome space to learn and talk to people you can also talk to Kyle he's also a soul guide Mm -hmm. about music Music. Mm -hmm. just don't ask him to teach you how to play guitar over it he won't do it (laughs) that's kind of impossible yeah i mean it's video so you could Mm -hmm. but he hates that with a passion so but it's a it's a really awesome thing soulconnect.com that's awesome um and that's all i have all right thank you so much thank you so much for being here ziza you were so fabulous and we love you so much pleasure you guys are great Right. Yeah, you were. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.